Warning, this video contains super awesome content not suitable for people who don't enjoy super awesomeness. Viewer discretion advised. Welcome to Viewer's Choice. Your selection is about to begin. But first, take a look at what else you can see this week. Hey dudes, biting you to travel through time. First stop, a long layover at the video store. Bogus. Wait, you've got viewer's choice. Excellent. Hello, you rotten little bloodsuckers. America's most popular now. Get extra value. $12.50 cash back. Rise and shine, Mr. Freeman. Rise and shine. I want the truth. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad! I don't want your damn lemons! What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager! Make life through the day and thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. This is my ship, the Nebuchadnezzar. This is the core. We'll be broadcast our pirate signal back into the matrix. Welcome to the Nebuchadnezzar with your host... Ernesto Morado, the double-headed coin, and your co-host, Pablo Morado, the Thunderbolt. Together, we are the Pyramid Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome. welcome. I am Ernesto Morado. And I am Pablo Morado. Thunderbolt. <laughs> and I am the double-headed coin. <laughs> How's everyone doing today? Yes, how you guys are weathering the storm. I mean, we have a nor'easter pounding down on us today here at you know, at the New England corridor. That's right. Uh, and we got some news, some really good news uh, for the cast. Um, 
Brain Boost is back in stock. All right. Yeah. It was out of stock due to, you know, the crazy derailments and all the stuff. It was hard to get the supplies in. But we're back in stock, so you can get your brain boost. Get your brain boost. And I'm about in. to take one right now for the uh, starting the cast. You got your brain boost. And also, we got Optimal back in stock. All right. So guess what? Now you can order Brain Boost and Optimal, and you'll cease to be a Bobolongo. That's right. You can have wonderful mushrooms in your life that also provide mental boosts and great um, benefits to your cardiovascular system, as well as your Optimal, which is your multivitamin to keep your body running uh, optimal. And together, they are great for you. And great for the cast. So it's a win-win situation. Uh, would you like some brain boost? Yeah, why not? I haven't taken my vits today. <laughs> you know, that's important. Yeah, we kind of, kind of was doing a lot of little things today. Usually I start my day off, you know, before I go to work. Here's your optimal. Then my usual dosage of supplements. But since I didn't go to work today. Now, how's the flavor on that? I mean, so good. Fresh. Mm, very fresh. So I was uh, talking to you before the cast. I was alluding to an idea that I had for a segment. Um, I'm calling it Ask Ernesto. <laughs> mm -hmm. And um, the the way this will work is I'm going to pull up a, a, a video on, on screen here. Mm-hmm. And I want you to break down what the hell is going on. Okay? Wow, we're getting right into this? Yeah. I'm going to start off the cast with a little bit of levity, something something light, as we're going to get into uh, some heavy topics later on the cast. And for those of you who are listening, this is episode number 39. 39. I, can you believe it? We're one week away from the anniversary that means we've done 40 weeks. Out of 52 weeks in the year, we did 40 weeks. Not, Not bad. bad. <laughs> Not bad. We just had a couple of uh, glitches. A couple of hiccups, but it didn't take us too down. you know. No, and then we also had a new um, addition to the family. That's right. And which took us for a, for a week. We had addition. We had subtractions. We had a couple of things that were, you know, really... Uh, deeply personal and tough, but you know what? We're here now, and you know, we're still going strong. We went through the, the banning. We figured through, uh, figured that out. You know, figured out how to keep this cast going without the the YouTube and keeping costs down so it doesn't break the bank. We still need help. We still need um donations. So please go to the pyramid dot com to make any donations. I mean, aren't you guys tired of that Bobo Longo status? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be, I'd be like you know, exhausted being a bubble longer. You know, it's 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 go into your wallet, take out a dollar, split into, <laughs> send in some cash, and now you'll be a verdugo. Or, or, I mean, most people drink coffee, don't they? I mean, so why don't you get yourself some fungi, which we have in studio, back in stock as well. Get your fungi coffee. God damn, Jimmy. This is some serious gourmet shit. What flavor is this? Knock it off, Julie. 
What? I don't need you to tell me how fucking good my coffee is, okay? I'm the one who buys it. I know how good it is. When Bonnie goes shopping, she buys shit. I buy the gourmet expensive stuff because when I drink it, I want to taste it. That's right. And it's uh, infused with your shaga and lion's mane mushroom. So... I mean, it's your fun guy. And, you know, that way you can support the cast. Easy. You get your cup of coffee. And you're not a bubble longo no more. Done. Done. And the way you do that is you go to The Pyramid. Super simple. T-H-E-P-A-R-A-M-I-D dot com. That's it. And you go to Fun Guy. Do coffee. me a favor. Do you got a picture of the pyramid anywhere there? Uh, I can go to the pyramid. We'll go to the pyramid right I now. I just want the pyramid to be burned in your mind. It's not pyramid. It's pyramid. To take off the paranormal and a pyramid. The pyramid. So, yeah, I mean, you guys... I will be exhausted being a Boba Longo. <laughs> and guess what? You get, once you buy something or donate, now you're a verdugo. That's right. Verdugo meaning, for lack of a better word, you're awake. You're not, you know, swallowing everything that. You're cutting the head off the serpent. Yes. Verdugo. You're an executioner. an executioner. And we. Execute the snakes in the swamp. There you go, those <laughs> dirty water sharks that want us to believe all the cockamamie stories they come up with. So now, with just a donation or a purchase, you upgrade to over the Dougal. But let me tell you something. If you continue to contribute, we got several levels over the Dougals. That's right, and uh, we'll we'll... Get into the levels later on in the cast. Yes, yes. You you can go up in rank. And the cool thing about it is once you get up in ranks as a Verdugo, we have a whole ceremony that we perform here live. For our Verdugo. For our Verdugos with a you know, badge. Oh, you know what we, what we could get will be interesting? A Guida. Have it in studio. Oh, my God. <laughs> a little celebration. Oh, yeah. We'll go full out Perico Ripiao in this joint and, and celebrate your badge, whatever that one may be, because it's, you know, there's di different uh, echelons in in ranks. That's so, right. And you know what? I was um, <clears throat> now that we're over on to Substack, um, all of our um, listeners, whoever subscribed to us on Substack, we have your your email information, and we can see, you know, we can ha we can see and categorize you right there from like your rankings, see how much you donate, and so on. And that what why that's important is because now. For those that are of a certain echelon, you know, we can, you know, make sure that you are noticed on the cast. We can have uh, close communication if you want to, you know, bring up any stories or if you want us to do anything to the in the cast. You know, it allows us to have more closer, uh, closer communication with our community, which is great. So I was thinking, you know, maybe uh, a, a way to move into Boalongo status is maybe you have to go and sign up to our Substack. 
So wow, you're gonna take away. You're gonna be a well poof. You're just watching. If you're just watching, I mean, you can. Oh, this is getting tough. You can, you could become a a, a boa longo by just signing up to the Substack. By just signing up, so no, you, that's you, free of charge. No donation. Nothing other than just signing up. And you get we get the the cast directly to your email. You get um, uh, all these wonderful things that uh, reports that we do. All the cast in a video and an audio. The audio also goes to all the podcast apps that are available, uh, especially on the podcasting 2.0 apps. Um, so, so know, this is breaking news. You know, this is happening on the fly. Yeah, so it was uh, it was a thought process that I was Pablo doing. just demoted a whole bunch of Bobolongos. <laughs> I don't know I, I don't know if uh, if I should do that because you know, I don't want to uh, Oh, it's a done deal. It's <laughs> You said it, I did it. So now now if you just like watching me through the the TikTok feed or through the Facebook feed and you haven't signed up on Substack, you're a well a poo. Wow. Are you aware of this? Wow. You're a pus smeller. <laughs> you are a well a poo. <laughs> so if sign I up were, on our Substack. If I it's were free you, of charge, folks. Go to Substack immediately. And when you go over to our, our Substack, which is theparamid.com, you could, uh, you'll have access to all our, uh, podcasts right here, as you can see. And then, uh, we, we have done some clips like, uh, you were having a good day, which is now available. The nightmare of living in New York, which is a clip available on our pot, um, uh, Substack, and then if you move over here, we're gonna have a little secret library. And now, one of the things I was thinking is because we do have a library behind us, mm -hmm. right? Now, I thought it would be cool for us to have, like, you know, just a picture of all the books that we recommend. But then again, I thought, you know, what would be even cooler if maybe we would read the books out and have our own audio books on the sub stack. What do you think of that? Wow. So like have audio books on sub stacks narrated by, by us? us, our audio book. Oh my God. <laughs> what do you think of that? That sounds kind of cool, right? A little time consuming, but we could do it. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, for the paid subscribers, I think it'll be worth it. If you're going to pay to be, on our Substack, I think that would be something that we will provide for you. And we'll have, we have a library of things that are very beneficial, like, you know, uh, the four agreements. And I just had a thought. I just had a thought. Uh. What is that website that if you want, like, Michael Buffer to, to like, shout, shout you out? What is the name of that? that oh, website? um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I took my brain boost, but I still got a, oh man, um, well, I think it was like, there's a website where you yeah, can buy the, I forgot the name of it though. Celebrity if you're, shout If out. you're listening to us, what's that website? Uh, type us a, a comment if you are out there. Uh, I forgot what it was called. We do it for it's free. Something, it's something with a C or something. Uh, well, we do it for free. Yeah, we'll do it for free. You want us to give you a shout out? Just give us your name and the message, and we'll lay it out there for free. And guess what? 
would throw in a Verdugo status just for that. Just for that. And just for typing in uh, a comment, you know, you'll, yes. you'll become a Verdugo or sharing your story. Or, see, but now, now it gets a little complicated. Yeah, you see? It, you, no, well. Oh, it, how about this? How about this? Why don't, why don't, for those have, that comment, they, we'll give you a compliment, we'll comp you. For those, so we'll give you a complimentary Verdugo status. So, yes, a temporary. Right. Verdugo. But in in order for you to be a verified, you know that little check mark? <laughs> verified Verdugo. Yeah. Actually, it's a V, right? Right. Well, the way, what I'm saying is that you, the way uh, uh, we could do it is um, we'll give you access to the paid portion of our Substack if you comment on the show. Because no matter what, if you don't sign up on Substack, you're, you're well a pool. Not You've become a well pool now. You can't bypass it. Nope. You have to become part of the Substack. That helps us. That helps the cats. So if you... It helps in us out order there, for you to go grow from a well and, and, and to, for, uh, there's a listener out there that's listening. Anthony, I know you're listening. You're safe. You're already on Substack, so don't worry. You were, <laughs> you were grandfathered in. You're grandfathered in. You're you're still Bolonga though. But uh, it, it, it it's crazy because I go into work and he's like, "Oh man, I gotta get this Bolongo status <laughs> off of my chest." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, if you if if you're like a well at pool, right, and you decide to donate, you're donating as a well at pool, right? Because you have to go through the st- everything has rules. You gotta abide by rules. If 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 not for rules, everybody, the whole world to go batshit. <laughs> That's right. So our rules is, in order for you to upgrade from Wellapu, which is a pus smeller, you don't want to be that. No, you don't want to be disgusting. a pus smeller. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be a Wellapu. So That's go, gaki, gaki. go to the pyramid.com to sign up to be a Bobolongo. Yes, and once you sign up, you become Bobolongo. Not that a Bobolongo is such a great thing to do, but at least it's an upgrade from a Wellapu. Oh, yes, and, and you know what? We appreciate our Bobolongos yes. because, because you know what? They have signed up to be part of our community and we truly appreciate those. So now to keep the cast moving forward, let's not to get too uh, into the weeds here because we could talk about the pyramid forever. But I got uh, an Ask Ernesto. So for those of you who are listening, we're going to be doing a segment called Ask Ernesto where I'm going to bring him a clip. And without he's not he does never seen this clip before. He has no context. Whatsoever. I just learned of this segment right now. Right now. So the idea is I want you to break down. What's going on here? Okay. okay. So here we go. We should have some intro to this. <laughs> yeah, I should have came up with a cl- uh, with a little uh, uh, jingle music for this, but uh, I'll say that's a work in progress. I'll, I'll have something ready. Okay. So here we go. Good morning, Council. 
I'm speaking in regards to item 27 because we need to fight disinformation and we need to do it now, all right? Look, Steve, I am scared, okay? Ever since that right-wing fascist Elon Musk bought Twitter, our democracy has been literally hanging on by a thread. You know, Twitter used to be a safe space for marginalized community, and now it's become a haven for MAGA terrorists. Just look who they're letting back onto Twitter, okay? Andrew Tate, Kanye West, and that Nazi journalist Savannah Hernandez. Just look at them. They are the physical embodiment of white supremacy. And Donald Trump, he doesn't even need to tweet because his presence is literal genocide. And that's why we need to cancel Twitter because a free and open internet is textbook white supremacy. It's worse than the Holocaust. It's even worse than January 6th. My favorite website has become a cesspool for conspiracy theories. Just look at the way these MAGA QAnons talk about Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. His friends want you to wear a mask and get vaccinated. Well, yeah, because Jeffrey Epstein's friends, they believe in science. And when they make light of his suicide, you're making light of mental illness because he did kill himself because Thank he is you. a minor attracted person and minor attracted persons members of the LGBTQ. Go ahead. <laughs> he had me until the end. <laughs> so what do you think is going on here? <laughs> well, it's obviously there's some council meeting. Yeah. Um, And he's, you know, I thought he was railing against uh, Elon Musk, but then he, like, turned the, the page and he, like, did, like, a 360. Now he's like, <laughs> was he pro Epstein? <laughs> that, well, that's what I'm asking you. What do you think this guy? Uh... It looks like he's want, he wants, he's like a man boy love kind of. Uh, <laughs> he's like promoting underage uh, sex trafficking. Well, uh, he has another uh, another clip. Uh, you wanna you wanna see this, this one? This guy's actually a pig. <laughs> and here I am taking him seriously, like he's really concerned. He's huffing and puffing, like so uh, like, at the verge of tears. And then he like, what the hell? Let me see the other clip. Uh, I got one more. Tell me, tell me what you think of this one. Mayor and Council, I'm speaking in opposition to item 26 because our police, they are literal instruments of white supremacy, okay? I'm going to tell you guys a story. Um, on June 15th of 2020, I was assaulted by the Austin Police Department after throwing a Molotov cocktail through a small business because the owner called me by the wrong gender pronoun. And listen, that's a microaggression, okay? And microaggressions, they are literal act of violence. And I did nothing wrong. But the police, they still assaulted me by taking me and my comrades in Antifa to jail. They handcuffed us and took us um, in the back of the police car without our consent. That's literal assault. Um, not only that, but it's not like the police are really... Um, it's not like our police really care about protecting the community anyway. You know, when I was Stop the lead content this. moderator for Twitter, <laughs> I called the cops on my next-door neighbor. <laughs> Is this a joke? <laughs> this is a joke, right? You get, you got it. Yep, this, he's trolling them. So he's trying to be the the exact thing that they claim they want to. Listen to what he says here. Oh, okay. So he's doing this on purpose. It's a joke. Yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> oh, then it's funny because look at the people behind him. They're dead serious. And they're actually listening to him. Oh, listen to what he says here. For going to the park by himself during COVID. Because he's a murderer and he's walking around outside without a mask on. And you know what? The police, they never came, okay? The police never came. You know why? Because they're aiding and abetting in murder and in white supremacy. And if you want my honest opinion, we shouldn't even have police at all, okay? And we need to replace our racist police force with non-binary, anti-racist, and gender-neutral security cameras on every single street corner to make sure that we are all in compliance with the progressive new world order that we are trying to create. Um, thank you very much, Mayor and Council, for listening. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. So this guy I like this dude now. So this guy's name is Alex Stringer. Uh Stranger. S T R E N G E R. And uh this guy he he goes up and he he dresses he um he goes to senators and and talks all these crazy things. He dresses up as like clowns sometimes. Um so he's like a Sasha Baron Cohen kind of a deal. Yeah, he's kind of uh, like a he's a troll. He's basically a troll. But there was this one. This is the one that I really this one. He really got me with this one. This is how I uh, learned of him with this video here. Um, my name is Drenger. I'm speaking in support of um, Senate Bill 287 because, listen, we got to protect our safety and we need to protect our kids. And, you know, we got to be honest here, okay? In order to do that, we got to realize that the greatest threat to our safety is our fellow Americans. And this is especially true about these MAGA hat wearing terrorists who infest our state with their hateful rhetoric, all right? Listen, I'm triple vaccinated and boosted, and I've gotten COVID four times, okay? You want to know why? Because these people, they refuse to wear a mask and they refuse to get vaccinated. And you have to understand these people, they could have killed me and they wouldn't even care. You want to know why? Because they are murderers and they are terrorists. All right. And then let's talk about my wife. She's immunocompromised with stage five testicular cancer. She hasn't <laughs> left the house in three years because of these MAGA QAnons. All right. And these people, they're murderers. They deserve to spend the rest of their lives in prison. And this is how we need to treat these people. And I understand that, you know, I'm really glad that we have good Republicans, you know, like Senator Huffman and Dade Phelan. And, and you guys fully agree with me on this. Look, I took my five-year-old son, Carla, to a drag show last weekend in Dallas, and we are regulars at our school's Drag Queen Story Hour. And the drag queens and minor attracted persons performing for our kids, they are amazing people and they are role models. You know, my son, Carl, even started transitioning when Sprinkles, the drag queen, sat on his lap and gave him her thong after the performance, stains and all. And when these Republicans want to take the joy away from my five-year-old, it's only because they want to exterminate the LGBTQ community because their hearts are filled with hatred. I'm going to close with this, okay? I'm your banker. I'm your college professor. I'm your city council member. I'm your kid's elementary school teacher, and I moderate your content on Facebook. And I'm doing this to protect you from the MAGA terrorists who invaded the state just like they invaded the Capitol on January 6th. You know, all of the 81 million people that voted for Joe Biden, they fully agree with me on this. And, you know, when you speak <laughs> at a school board meeting and you say, hey, I don't want my kid to wear a mask. I don't want my kid to get vaccinated. Why is there a urinal in the girls' room? Why is my five-year-old taking puberty blockers without my permission? Well, 
your rhetoric is contributing to a culture of violence, and you are murdering people, okay? And this is why we need to classify these people as the terrorists that they are <laughs> and throw them in Guantanamo Bay where they belong. So please pass Senate Bill 287. Thank you. <laughs> Look at the... <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of torn because this is like borderline criminal. <laughs> I mean, my You're God. You're taking up taxpayers' time. And, I mean, the things that he says that he he's for is criminal. My, bringing your kid to a, a drag queen, giving her. I know he's joking around, but this is a, this is, he's making a mockery. Of the process, right? And they let him get away with it, like so. So there's that's the mockery, right? So now here's another clip. Break down this for me. Okay. I, I, I I'm curious. Now this is serious. This isn't a joke. All right, but this is this is also uh, confusing to me. So okay. So just want to be very clear here. And uh, if you look at the the D.C. bill itself, and well, I know I that, know that um, there was a little was bit of, of, of I was asked, I was asked a, a couple of questions, of, questions of, of what else does it do besides armed carjacking. And I don't normally go line by line on legislation, especially legislation that we haven't introduced. But I did talk to the team, and we have a couple of things that I just want to lay out for all of you on what the D.C. bill does. It reduces maximum penalties for Offenses like murders and murders other homicides, homicides armed, armed home armed invasion burglaries, armed, 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 armed carjackings, as I mentioned, as I mentioned armed, robberies, armed robberies, unlawful, unlawful gun, gun possession, and some, and some uh, sexual assault, assault offenses. offenses. And so, and so look, look, the president has been very clear, clear. We need to do, need more, to do more to reduce crime, to make crime, communities, communities uh, safer, uh, safer, to save lives. And and that's why he put together his Safer America plan that does just that. Say that again. <laughs> did you hear? Did you hear what? What the bill? How? Play it again. <laughs> so, just want to be very clear here. And, uh, and uh, if you look at the the DC bill itself, and I know that, I know um, that there was a little bit of, I was asked, I was asked a couple of questions of questions of what else does it do besides armed carjacking? And I don't normally go line by line on legislation, especially legislation that we haven't introduced. But I did talk to the team, and we have a couple of things that I just want to lay out for all of you on what the DC bill does. It reduces maximum penalties for offenses like murders and other. Homicides, armed home invasion burglaries, armed carjackings, as I mentioned, armed robberies, unlawful gun possession, and some sexual assault offenses. And so, the president has been very clear. We need to do more to reduce crime, to make communities safer, to save lives. And that's why he put together his Safer America plan that does just that. The fuck is she talking about? She is saying... That she wants to reduce the sentence. The maximum sentence. For murder. Right. Armed carjacking. <laughs> right. Sexual, sexual offense. Right. So she wants to lower. <laughs> right. I think she got mis- she she No, that's the that's what the bill is supposedly about. 
Okay, see now we're gonna have to go down the rabbit hole. <laughs> what is the name of the what is the number of the bill? Uh let's see here one more time. So just wanna be very clear here and uh if you look at the the DC bill itself and I know that uh DC bill. Okay, no no let her keep speaking. So just wanna be very clear here and uh if you look at the the DC bill itself and I know that um there was a little bit of, of I was asked a, a couple of questions of uh what else does it do besides armed carjacking and I don't normally go line by line on on legislation especially legislation that we haven't introduced uh but I did talk to the team and we have a couple of things that I just want to lay out for all of you on what the DC bill does it reduces maximum penalties for offenses like murders and murders Homicides, homicides arm, arm, arm. arm. <laughs> okay, so here we go. Murders and homicides. The DC bill. The Demo- the the Democratic Health Senate approved the GOP led resolution that will overrule the liberal Washington DC CD Council rewrite of the criminal code for the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. The legislation now heads to Biden's desk who surprised Congress Democrats, Congressional Democrats, when he announced last week that he would not veto the measure. The vote has exposed division within the Democratic ranks over how to confront widespread concerns over crime and public safety, which the party has, has historically lagged behind Republicans when it comes to voters' trust. The measure, the measure cleared the Senate 81 to 14, Democrats, including Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, voted with Republicans to approve it. Mm. One senator voted present. The measure only requires a simple majority to pass. Last Last month, 31 House Democrats voted with all Republicans to pass the measure, even before the president had made his positions known. Okay, but what is the D.C. bill? The D.C. bill is the product of year-long review that involved various stakeholders in the criminal justice system. It passed the D.C. Council unanimously, but was voted vetoed by the Mayor Muriel Bowser, a Democrat. Her veto was overruled, but her opposition Wait, there's somebody in politics named Bowser? <laughs> I mean, how obvious could you be? <laughs> Muriel Bowser. <laughs> or could it be Bowser? B-O-W-S-E-R. That's B- Bowser. Okay. Her, ve- her veto was overruled, but her position helped fuel the GOP arguments and Biden's concern that the bill could be perceived as too soft on crime at a time when rates of homicides and car theft are rising. So she's right. Right. So so here here's another explanation of this bill. Would you like to hear another uh, explanation from Miss uh, Karine Jean-Pierre? All right, let's see. Now, I wasn't aware of this. So they want to soften up pa- instead so, of... So that there will be less criminals, right? If you make more crime legal <laughs> than, than there's less criminals. But wait, wait a minute. Wait a it's minute. for optics. <laughs> so you lessen the punishment 
of the crime for the crime for the crime thus leading to less criminals <laughs> i don't see how that logic makes any sense uh, hey, well you know what we're in a topsy turvy world this world is fucking that's, nuts that's just one skip away from having the purge but you know what <laughs> in this nutty fucking world we're living in that shit might work <laughs> Ah, nah, I'm not just gonna, make just uh, make all crime rape do do sexual on certain sexual assaults. I can see a conversation like because they said certain sex. So there's a type of sexual assault that doesn't qualify. Well, check this out. <laughs> nah, I'm not. I'm not gonna kill that dude because I might just get off free. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is this? So then listen to she her. She actually said those words. Yes. But no, so so check this out. So I, this week I just, because I'm thinking of myself, although we just talk shit, you know, this is what we do here. We're troll on the, on, on the Nebuchadnezzar, you know. But, I'm, you know, that's some part of me, because I did take journalism in, in, in college, you know. Mm-hmm. There's some part of me that, you know, wants to do the journalistic thing. So I was like, you know what? Let me listen in to some White House press briefings. Let's see what's going on. Like, instead of me listening to the news about what's going on, let me listen to what's going on from the source, right? Right. But the thing is, these these press briefings and these things go on. There was like this Senate um, thing that I try to watch. 11 hours of drivel of this. And then we're going to hear the bill. Bing, bing. You're hearing them vote. Bing, bing. Okay. And it passed. Next, we're going to do a vote on this. It's like, what? You know, it's almost this? like an auction, right? Right. You have like bills and you hear them again. Put the, the, they have like bill, the bells that they like, they hit a button and bells go off. For like 30 seconds, and then you hear it go off, and I guess people are voting. And they're like, all right, vote. Uh, you got to sit down. You got to sit down to vote. From you time have to, to time. sit down. To, that's what I'm hearing. <laughs> I'm trying to listen to this while I'm working, and I'm hearing, you have to sit down. You have to sit down, sir. You have to sit down to vote. <laughs> no, and they're like, you hear, he's like, so and i yield my time right (laughs) so this was for i out of the 46 minutes out of out of this press briefing i grabbed this little section here well i i section i um found the the right time to to jump into this clip because uh i want you to tell me what exactly are they talking about here all right. That the administration put out on February 6th. But it's not a broad statement about D.C. statehood. It specifically says that the administration opposes the resolution that would dismantle the crime bill. So when was this policy reversed and why weren't House Democrats notified about the reversal? So from... I'll say this. Um, there was never a change of heart on where we were um, with uh, uh, with the SAP. The SAP, the way that it's laid out, 
speaks to um, the president supporting D.C. statehood. That is what that is where we were. Uh, that's what we were at the time. Wanted to make sure that we again lifted up where the president has been for the past decades, making sure that uh, D.C. Uh, you know fighting for D.C. to become a state. And we actually say in the SAP that if uh, you know if. Um, you know, if Congress wants to move forward in that way, we should p pass H.R. 51, make make D.C. the 51 state. And so we never laid out where we where the president was going to uh, was going to go uh, once that once it came to his desk, because we wanted to allow uh, Congress to move forward in the way that they normally do with the mechanism when a when a piece of legislation moves forward. And so we never said anything at this time. Now we're communicating very clearly now that we know that this legislation is going to be in the president's at, at, at the president's desk. Uh, we're making very clear and communicating that where the president is is on this on this legislation. But you, I'm sorry. It, it it specifically says the word opposes. So is it that the administration wasn't aware of the content, the specifics of the crime bill, and now you are aware? And the president says he doesn't support some of the changes that the D.C. Council put forward. Because when you released this app, um, I, I'm assuming, maybe incorrectly, that you were very aware of what the council was proposing. We were aware of what the council were, posed, were proposing. What we're saying was that we wanted to make sure that we continued the president's uh, the president's continued push for uh, for statehood, and that's what we did. That's what we did in the SAP, and that was what was the most important thing that we believed. Um, there was no veto threat in the SAP. There really wasn't. We may have it may have been. I just read it while you were asking me. There, we didn't oppose. We opposed it, but there was no veto threat. Uh, so I want to be really clear about it. It stated our support for D.C. statehood, it, but it did not indicate what the president would do should the bill come to the desk. It did not say that. It did not lay that out. This now is difficult. Very clearly, we communicated. Uh, so, okay, but the question is, <laughs> she's doing a famous bait and switch kind of a deal. She asked, but the bill says you oppose it. So are you opposed to this bill or are you are you not opposed to right. it? Right, she's saying that the crime bill is opposed to DC becoming a state. Play the original question. Go back to the very beginning. <laughs> Let's see. Right here. No, 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 all the way back to the very beginning. No, no, cuz they 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 all these are bunches of questions. It's oh, not all. Okay, I want to see when she asked the first yeah, yeah. question. ...about the reversal. He's, he's talked multiple times. ...administration put out on February 6th. All right, right before that. You mentioned the SAP that the administration put out on February... By the way, I might mention that I'm listening to this, right? And they're talking about the SAP. What the is the SAP? They don't mention it. Who is this for? I mean, isn't, isn't her job... So that she can explain this shit to me, the layman, right? The citizen. Isn't that the point of the press, the White House press well, secretary? Yeah. Okay, so here it is. But if I don't, and you don't understand it, and I don't understand it, then who is this for? Wow, well, look what I get over here. What is SAP? Uh -huh. SAP is one of the world's leading producers of software. <laughs> management of business process. No, they, they say it. They say it, but they say it like much later. She, 
they say it over here. Uh, sap is um, I uh, it, I listen to it, so I know. But look, they say it right here. She says what there the sap is. There was one train here that parallels here in the discussion about the uh, the SAP, which is the Statement of Administration Policy. Isn't it oh, really Statement of Administration was- Policy. Uh-huh. She mentions it casually 28 minutes in, but they've been talking about the SAP, like, back and forth for, like, about 28 Statement minutes. Statement of Administration Policy. Uh-huh. But I want to see the original question. All right, so the original question was... Because I'm listening with a third year. You mentioned the SAP that the administration put out back, on February back. 6th, but it's not this is it. a yeah, broad this is the statement about D.C. statehood. It specifically says that the administration opposes the resolution that would dismantle the crime bill. So when was this policy reversed, and why weren't House Democrats notified about the reversal? Okay, you heard the so, question? Play it one more time. <laughs> And that listen. The administration opponent about the administration put out on February 6th. But it's not a broad statement about D.C. statehood. It specifically says that the administration opposes the resolution that would dismantle the crime bill. So when was this policy reversed? So the, the policy specifically states that it wants to dismantle the crime the bill. The crime bill. That it's opposed to the crime bill. Now, what does D.C. statehood have to deal with the crime bill? Well, let's see. Let's see how she explains it. And why weren't House Democrats notified about the reversal? So from I'll say this. um, There was right there. She's like caught off guard. She's like, well, um, uh, (laughs) that's a tell that you're making some bullshit up right here. Right, she's thinking. <laughs> she's thinking. About I what see she- the fire on her head. <laughs> a change of heart on where we were um, with uh, uh, with the SAP. The SAP, the way that it's laid out, speaks to um, the president supporting D.C. statehood. That is what that is where we were. Uh, that's what we were at the time. Wanted to make sure that we again lifted up where the president has been for the past decades, making sure that uh, D.C. Uh, you know fighting for D.C. to become a state. Stop and it. We actually say in the SAP <laughs> that on. if uh, uh, you know. yeah. <laughs> so she just spent about thirty seconds uh-huh. describing the fact that. They're, they want to introduce D.C. statehood. Right. What does that have to deal <laughs> with the crime bill? I have no idea. And that's why I'm like, who is this for? Who is this for? This is supposed to educate us on what's going on. What is this jargon? Who is this for? But. She explained, she, yeah, I, I mean, this is about five minutes of them going back and forth, but they, the, the reporters try to drill her with this and just listen to her squirm a little bit here. <laughs> Cause I, I still, I, I, I still don't understand really. Cause it's like really, there's the question. Cause she's saying, do you, cause she says that the statement of administration policy is opposed to that the policy that they put out, which they're calling the SAP, right? 
is opposed to the DC crime bill. Somehow that's connected to statehood. I don't know how at this at this juncture I don't know how that connects to statehood. Oh but wait she, a minute, let me see. Let me see if I can dissect it. Maybe that because since there's no uh, state laws, maybe uh, since this since there there is no state of DC, right? So in reality, they're they're more of a is D, DC is a commonwealth. Isn't it? I think so. Google it. Yeah, let me uh, do a quick Google. So it could be that being that they're going for statehood, it could dismantle the the crime bill altogether because now you're dealing with it in the in in if if DC becomes a state. Now you're dealing with that bill as a state. So it says here, Washington, D.C. isn't a state. It's a district. D.C. stands for District of Columbia. Its creation comes directly from U.S. Constitution, which provides that the district not exceeding 10 miles square would become the seat of the government of the United States. It says uh, Washington, D.C. is not part of any U.S. state and is not one itself. The Residence Act, adopted in July 16, 1790, approved the creation of a capital district along the uh, Potomac River. Um, the city Potomac. was Potomac River. The city was founded in 1791 and Congress held its first session there in 1800. So it's not part of any U.S. state and is not one itself it's a district okay but now now you now something else went on so it's not a commonwealth it's a district it's a district why because it's a government it's housing the federal government the federal government right so how can dc become a state if the whole idea of having a district is because it's impartial to the yeah like this is made DC was made so that it's on a it's on a property which is doesn't abide by state law but by federal, I imagine. Right. Yeah, yeah. So if they make it a state then it will have its own state laws. Right, and then it completely ignores why they created the DC. Right, because if something happens in let's say there's another January 6th, for example, the president really has no control over that because it's state. It's state. That's an interesting, that's an interesting thing. So, so, so if they make DC a state. Now, this is, this is not mentioned here in this press briefing at all. Like that is like the way our conversation and we're thinking about this and, you know, how does this work? I mean, I, I, if, she doesn't explain this. So what I'm thinking is if these is Washington DC actually becomes a state, mm-hmm. then you would have to move that district somewhere else. Uh, yeah, I guess. Because I think that the uh, 
the whole reason behind read that statement that you just read that uh it, that it's part of the residence act adopted in 17 uh, nine, July 6 1790 approved the creation of the capital district along the was it Pon- Potomac. Potomac River the city was founded in 1791 uh, it says uh, Washington, D.C. isn't a state. It's a district. It stands for District of Columbia. Its creation comes directly from the U.S. Constitution, which provides that the district, not exceeding 10 miles square, would become the seat of the government of the United States. So then if they make it a state, they're going against the Constitution. I guess so. Yeah. So why even introduce a bill like that? Uh, and Mr. Biden apparently is, uh, you know, been supportive of this for decades. But, I mean, it's just comical hearing her explain it because at the one hand, this this SAP uh, statement, uh, what is it, a statement the, uh, procedures or something like that? No, it's... Uh, I. Slips my mind, <laughs> but anyway, this sap that they put out it says that that they are opposed to DC becoming a state, but yet she's saying that Biden is for DC becoming a state. So listen to how she reconciles this. You know if. Um you know, if Congress wants to move forward in that way, we should p- pass H.R. 51, make make D.C. the 51 state. H.R. 51. And so we never laid out where we where the president was going to uh, was going to go uh, once that once it came to his desk, because we wanted to allow uh, Congress to move forward in the way that they normally do with the mechanism when a when a piece of legislation moves forward. And so we never said anything at this time. Now we're communicating very clearly now that we know that this legislation is going to be in the president's at, at, at the president's desk uh, we're making very clear and communicating that where the president is is on this on this legislation but you, wait, i'm sorry <laughs> you should see the way she like okay i i answered that clearly but <laughs> if you see her face she's like is is on this on this legislation okay i answered wait, that clearly. sorry it, it it specifically says the word opposes so is it that the administration wasn't aware of the content, the specifics of the crime bill, and now you are aware, and the president says he doesn't support some of the changes that the D.C. Council put forward? Because when you release to the SAP, um, I'm assuming, maybe incorrectly, that you were very aware of what the council was proposing. We were aware of what the council were proposing. What we're saying was that we wanted to make sure that we continued the president's uh, the president's continued push for uh, for statehood, and that's what we did. That's what we did in the SAP, and that was what was the most important thing that we believed. Um, there was no veto threat in the SAP. There really wasn't. We may have it may have been. I just read it while you were asking me. That we didn't oppose. We opposed it, but there was no veto threat. Uh, so I want to be. Really- we didn't oppose. We opposed we, it. We didn't. But well, we. I just read it right now. Give me a second. I just read this shit right now. I'm still processing. Where did, just- where, did, where did she read it? When she was flipping through. The- 
She yeah, just, right. She, yeah, right. She read it. Just, <laughs> you know what she should have said? that stack of paper she found there. And she, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what she should have said? I'll get back to you on yes. that one. How they yeah. always. I'm going to read it, and I will get back to you on that. Because right now she's making a fool of herself. You're right. She's just making shit up. But listen, because... The reporters say something that makes me like, again, say, who is this for? Really clear about it. It stated our support for D.C. statehood, but it did not indicate what the president would do should the bill come to his desk. It did not say that. It did not lay that out. Now we're communicating that very clearly. We communicated uh, with the House Democrats days ago when they were in Baltimore. And uh, and again, I said this. Uh, I said this uh, to MJ. I remember many of you asking where we Who's were MJ? going to go, and I said we don't have any. We don't have a decision yet. We don't have anything to share. Michael on this, Jordan. Uh, on where the president's gonna- <laughs> What the hell is Michael <laughs> She said, I said this to MJ. Like, who is this? Does people know who MJ? Who? Gonna <laughs> be with this particular bill. And now we are, because we know that it's going to come to his desk. There must be some state laws that the president also disagrees with. Um, that have to do with crime. And he obviously doesn't have the power to do anything about that. I'm trying to square his decision to use his power to do something in D.C. while he's also saying, you know, the federal government, you know, should allow them to be their own state. Because D.C. is not a state. You see what we're asking? So this bill... And therefore he should? D.C. is not a state, so therefore the bill is coming to his desk, so he has to make a decision. It's as simple as that, Rija, right? Because D.C. is not a state. Now, he wants D.C. to become a state. <laughs> He's been very clear about that. He has said that for decades. <laughs> but she's asking, Joe Biden is making a move for D.C. as as it's becoming a state. Mm-hmm. But if it becomes a state, he has no control over D.C. So it's a it's an oxymoron. Right. Yeah. The bill doesn't make sense. Right. And she's like, listen, it's coming across his desk and he's going to approve it. Because it's, it's not a state. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not a state and he's going to approve it to be a state. But there's one more little nugget here. It's that he believes in D.C. statehood, but it's not. A, it's not. And so, therefore, because D.C. is not a state, when bills like this come uh, occur, it goes to the president, and he has to make a decision. And that's where we are. It's as simple as that. Now, if D.C. becomes a state, yes, the president believes that it should be governing, for cities should be governing uh, on its own. That's what he believes. But until then, they shouldn't. But D.C. Ouija, D.C. is not a state. Right, but he, he <laughs> asking, I'm, I'm asking because he does have an option to veto. That is one action right. he could take. But again, this is a president that believes in keeping communities safe. He believes in keeping the 700,000 residents in D.C. Think- what she's asking the problem that she's trying to square out is if dc's a state and the state's supposed to represent its constituents the the people that live within the state mm-hmm. but joe biden represents the country right so who's representing the citizens if joe biden has the oppor- has the power to not make them a state right i think that's what she's saying right is that the 
Because, like, if well, let's say what she's asking is the dismantling of the crime bill if DC becomes a state, isn't that what she's saying? Well, yeah, but I think she's also saying that she's trying to figure out. Where the two look, rewind Let her ask the that, that last question All that right. she's asking. I'm I'm asking because he does have an option to veto. That is one action right. he could take. But again, this is a president that believes in keeping communities safe. He believes in keeping the seven hundred thousand residents in DC safe. And so he's taking that action because it's coming to him. So yeah, I think the th- the problem is that you know, she's saying he has to focus on the whole country who is focusing on the on the D.C. state. She's like, well, D.C. is not a state, so it has to be Joe Biden. But then who will be representing? How is D.C. going to properly represent itself as a state if Joe Biden is clearly the one in control of D.C. at this point? So it's like, you know, how how can it be a grassroots movement of D.C. becoming a state if ultimately Joe Biden has to approve it? So it's something, well, what she's getting at, this is... This is a, this, I mean, it, let's say New York City, right? Mm-hmm. Manhattan. If that wanted to, let's say Manhattan wanted to be... I feel like her, but it's not a state. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, I don't know if the question is stupid or the answer is, I think the question might be stupid and the answer might be equally stupid or, or the question might be, and I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to, as, as imagine a layman person who's got a nine to five job, flips on, uh, the White House press briefing. What's going on? How the hell they're supposed to? Okay. So this is very interesting because, you know, we're big on Joe Schmoes like us. We're Joe right. Schmoes. Right. We we're, we're not adept in any of this. We just look, we look at what we we hear right. and we see and we we dissect. And we, we represent try... a cross section of America, right? A, a, a segment so, of our population that is trying to make sense of what's going so on. Look what I pulled up yesterday. The House Oversight and Reform Committee held a hearing on HR fifty one. Uh huh. The Washington, D.C. Admissions Act, a bill that would give the District of Columbia and its 690,000 residents statehood, right? Mm -hmm. As we argued last year, D.C. statehood is a largely symbolic debate. It would take a constitutional amendment to transform the seat of the federal government into a state, which is what we would just say. Ah, uh, so it would transfer the seat of the federal government to a state. What does that mean? What, what, what? Well, the seat meaning, like, right now, um, you think of, think of the Capitol and the White House mm-hmm. and the... What's that building? That uh, the monument? Uh, yeah, that the obelisk building. What is it called again? My God, what's wrong with my mind? Uh, it's not called the Washington Monument. Well, yeah, well the Washington Monument, the ca- all those yeah. federal buildings, right? Mm-hmm. Think of that as the throne, mm-hmm. like the throne room, right? 
in the throne room, the king's word is king. Right. Right? But if you make it, 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 so it's like this area where this, I mean, I'm spitballing again. Mm -hmm. Folks, I'm a Joe Schmo. Right. Uh, But no, it's hard to make sense of it. I'm sure that's why they created a District of Columbia. Because now you have a problem of who's if the the president is supposed to be in charge of all the states, how can the president be within a state that is in, who that's in charge of the president? Then it just makes no sense because now. Well, what well, I, well, I think it is, and the reason that the, it's in the Constitution mm. is this is supposed to be. I'm going to give it to you like, um, like if we were like. Uh, kids playing a uh, manhunt, mm-hmm. right? Everywhere else, you know, you're hiding and, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a free-for-all. I see you. I say manhunt, manhunt, one, two, three. I see mm-hmm. Jarrell behind the curtain, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Pablo behind the <laughs> curtain, right? So... But if you're in home base, you're you're you can't get me. You know what I'm saying? You're mm-hmm. like, how would so, I? So that's DC. That's that you're safe. That's home, right? Yeah, but there's a word for that. Like, I don't know if the word is. It's not sovereign, but you're you're like you're immune. They're like they right. You're sovereign. Yeah, yeah. It's like a a piece of real estate. Right. That is onto itself. It's onto itself, right. and and any other states cannot tell them what to do. It's like this is a safe space, right, for the politicians, for the president, right, for the structures that are in it, you know. And this is the way it should be, mm-hmm. because I think what the fear is that if you make it a fifty-first state. Being that the president is there, mm-hmm. right, then you kind of have a bias towards that state. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, that makes sense. All the good shit will happen in that state. state. Right. Because that's where the president lives. Right. Uh, that you makes understand? a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And again, this is just a Joe Schmo, an idiot that I really don't know much about politics. But I'm just dissecting what it might mean. So in this is how smart the forefathers were. Right. They thought of this. They, I'm sure they came up like it probably was at this juncture. They were like, wait a minute. How can we let the uh, the seat of our government in a state? We need a because mm, they're probably like debating this amongst themselves. No, then this guy has the power. But then, no, then this guy has the, and then they're like. Uh. Right, it's like, <laughs> it's like the king, back to the king statement, right? Right. The king, he's the, he's the, ult, the ultimate ruler of wherever he's ruling, right? Right. So, of course, he's going to make, do like Caligula mm-hmm. and make his palace opulent and, and, and dress it up in gold and, and marble. Because he's the king, he wants right. he wants to hook up 
where he lives. Right, exactly. So this is what the our forefathers were like, wait a minute. If the president is in, in the capital. And I, and now that you say that, it might be electoral votes, right? If you have control. You have sway. You have sway. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. Yeah, it's a lot of things. Like, I'm, I'm the president. I'm here. Right. This is my state. I mean, how hard is it to campaign right there from your Oval Office? Right. And... Right there and, to those people. You're going to hook up your state. So, of course, if, if if Joe Biden is in the District of Columbia state, right, mm-hmm. he's going to win that state. Don't you think? <laughs> you, would, you would think. Because he's going to be like, yo, I live here too. Right. I'm going to hook you guys up. Right. But if you let that guy come here. He's going to change shit up for this state. Right. So that makes sense. So let me finish reading so that, yo, we're learning here. I never really thought about that. Mm. Never really thought about the whole District of Columbia kind of a deal. So it says here, it would take a constitutional amendment to transform the seat of federal government into a state. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution gives a gives Congress plenary plenary local lawmaking power to exercise exclusive legislations in all cases whatsoever over such district. In 1961, the 200 the two, the 23rd Amendment gave D.C. residents the right to vote in presidential elections as they would if D.C. were a state. So imagine this. Before 1961, I don't think the the residents of D.C. could vote. Mm, Which makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. Yo, these forefathers, they were on point. Yeah. So now they're trying to reverse that, and there's something to this. But, again, my, my question with this, with this White House press briefing is, who is this for? Why put this out? Like, for – because it's not for us. And who – we had to look this stuff up. I mean, is it's, this – Let me tell you, we're Joe Schmoes. Uh-huh. But that question even stumped the, the – the press secretary. Right. So so I want you to hear the next reporter question her, too, because they don't let her slide on this. They're going to keep pressing her on this D.C. state. Good, book. good. So check this out. We didn't put this legislation together. This is not our legislation. This is a, a legislation that is coming before the president of the United States because D.C. is not a state. It's just not. So he has to make a decision. So he's going to make a decision that will uh, that will help the residents of D.C., that will deliver for the residents of D.C. And it's as simple as that. Thank okay. you. I'm seeing two perhaps parallels here in the discussion about the, um, the SAP, which is the Statement of Administration Policy. Isn't it really boiling down to there was one train here that was saying 
that uh, the administration opposed this, and then really when the recognition takes place, that this would make the president look anti-tough um, on crime, that the wheels stopped, and now you have a new position. Isn't that really what happened here? What I can tell you what happened is that there was no change of heart. Yes, in the in the language, I just read it as, as uh, uh, read it again. Something else that's interwoven in the statehood thing is this whole crime bill where they're lowering the 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 maximum prison sentence for you know why because since that's not a state mm-hmm. i think any crimes committed is a federal crime is a federal crime not a state crime mm. so feder- federal crimes tend to be a lot harsher. A lot harsher than state. So, but, so that makes logical sense to lower the maximum penalties for murders. And, well, and again, it's, it doesn't make sense <laughs> when you. But I see, I see how you're going through the bush and you're like, oh, okay, there's a it, foggy picture here. Right. It, it doesn't make <laughs> sense because. You're comparing state laws with federal laws, right? right? But now the problem is D.C., Washington, D.C. is going to go from a federal-run area to to a a state-run area. So now the state has a different position on how to deal with the crime with the, any particular crime mm, then, then so when government. you get into the weeds of it it becomes a little less harsh mm, than the federal i see i mean this is the way this is how i being a dummy i is looking no, but at this, it you, i like how because you you're able to uh, sniff out that the first clip was a was a joke, <laughs> and now uh, you you kind of piecing together. This is this has turned out to be an interesting segment here. Yeah, actually, a learning segment because to me, Washington D.C. is why it, it's always fascinated me because people of Washington D.C. are really residents. Because Washington, D.C. is like, uh, to me, I looked at it as a a piece of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. Of Maryland. Right. You know, and, and, and I never really thought about how D.C. is probably um, under the hand of the federal government as opposed to to the state government. Mm. So when you live in D.C., how do you pay taxes? I don't know. You might you might have to pay... I don't know. Do you pay um, federal and state? That's a good question. Are know. you part of Baltimore? Are you part of Maryland? How does that work? Is it more expensive to live there? Because maybe you're like, I don't know. 
So uh, the District of Columbia has graduated individual income tax rate with rates ranging of 4% to 10.75%. D.C. has a flat 8.25% corporate income tax rate. D.C. also has 6% sales tax rate. D.C.'s tax system ranks 48th overall on our 2023 state business tax climate. Uh... But does it say I, I put? Do you pay state taxes in DC? Uh, you got to put in if citizens of DC. Yeah. So students and scholars who are residents of DC or Maryland must start, must file a state income tax return. I guess to Maryland. But yet, see that's the conundrum. You're paying a tax. You're living in D.C. Right. You're paying a tax to, to Maryland, Maryland, but you're not getting the, the benefits. The benefits. <laughs> this is the problem, I guess, they're trying to work out. I don't know how D.C. statehood works that out, but, yeah, this is a problem, I guess. So what they should do is the footprint of where all those government buildings are at. Mm-hmm. That should be D.C. contained in that footprint. And then anything outside of those walls is Washington, D.C. state. Mm. Then you were going to then then you're going to have to name it a different name. There's already a Washington <laughs> state. You're right. <laughs> you're going to have to. I don't know. This is going to be a complicated uh, endeavor. I think they should just stop fucking around and leave that shit alone. <laughs> right. I mean, it's worked it, for how yeah, many years? Yeah, it ain't broke. <laughs> and people are content paying whatever. Right. Then, then, then just leave it alone. Why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. But, yeah, so I, I'm still getting to, to what the reporter said here. Hold on. This is a few more, mi- a few more minutes on this. As Ouija was talking, uh, was asking her question, there was the word oppose, but we never indicated, which is not unusual. It is not unusual for a SAP, in the SAP, for the president to not indicate if he will veto or if he will sign. It is not unusual to do that. Now that we know that it's going to come to his desk, we're communicating that very clearly. The president communicated that with all of you yesterday. And so now we have made a decision on where we're going to go with this particular uh, piece it, of legislation. Because, you know, those of us who cover this read these things all the time. The general public may not even know what we're talking about here. No, but it's- this is what I'm saying here. Who is this for? Right? If the general public doesn't even know what we're talking about here, then... Okay, so now... Isn't that the point of the White House? So, so then right here. <laughs> Bing! Then right in the back of your head in the middle. Ping! Third eye, third ear. Mm. This is not for us. No. That's what I'm saying. Who is it for? That's what I'm trying to get at. Maybe, what, lawyers? It's for them. It's for these fucking dirty, <laughs> scumbag Politicians. politicians. They are the ones that benefit from this shit. They're the ones reading this shit. Yeah, so even the reporter admits it. Right. That we. Right. uh, uh, 
Let us say it again. Where we're going to go with this particular uh, piece of legislation. Because, you know, those of us who cover this read these things all the time. The general public may not even know what we're talking about here. No, but it seems like. I'm pretty sure they're not. (laughs) And she's laughing about it. There was a bureaucratic push in one direction on this. And then when it reached a certain point, and uh, crime is a big uh, issue in America in certain cities. We saw it reflected in the election in Chicago. We know it's a concern. It's been a concern in the city that many of us live in here. And then, boom, the president has to make a decision, and he's going a different direction than the administration set up. Isn't it really just that simple? I wouldn't say it's a- so. So that's so that's the thing. So the bill is saying that this is one thing, and he's like, oh, well. In what, in a sense that he's oh yeah we agree but with this right in some way he's like loopholing like oh yeah we're gonna sign off on this getting what we want not what you want right and uh, and for us layman people the general public how would we know this I mean it takes somebody and, and well people see a lot of us. And it ain't our fault. It's just the way our economy is. We live in a bubble, mm-hmm. right? But And I was in that bubble for a long time until I came into my own. And I, my wife and I and some friends traveled to Washington, D.C. Mm. Now, in my young mind when I was growing up, I thought of Washington D.C. like like this Greek city where everything was white and shiny mm. and this metropolis right where the president lives mm-hmm. everything is great right right and that's what I always thought me growing up uh-huh but then a quirky little movie came out called DC Cab. And Mr. T was one of the actors, so that's why I watched it, because mm. I was a big Mr. T fan. Okay. And then you see what DC really is. It's a cesspool. Mm. It's a slum. Wow. I've never been to D. Well, I don't. I don't recall. You've been to DC. You recall. just don't remember. Yeah, I don't recall. But DC is the only nice part is where the rich are and where the we you know where the government buildings are at. Mm. But you stray from it, it's just a slum. You're in Cracklandia. Wow. I mean, look at the crime rates in DC. Uh, let's see. Uh, D.C. crime rate with a crime rate of 51 per 1,000 residents. Washington has one of the highest crime rates in America compared to all communities of all sizes. From the smallest towns to the very largest cities, one's chance of becoming a victim or violent or I'm sorry. One's chance of becoming a victim of either violent or property crime here is one in 20. Wow. It's a cesspool. My God. So 
You know, so, I see this movie, DC Cab. So DC is a cesspool? You didn't know that? No. Yeah. So when I saw this movie. So it's no wonder that our freaking. And yet they worried about the insurrectionists. <laughs> <laughs> now, just so the people. I know a lot of young people probably are tuning in mm. to our cast. Pull up DC Cab. All right. Let's see. DC Cab the movie. See if they have. It will be great. There will be a trailer too. Yeah, let's see. I can get a trailer. This is how my eyes were open. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I thought DC was like the shining pearl of a city. Like, this is where my president lives. Let's see. What you bugging me about now? short trip to the airport which you are not licensed to make anyway a trip that should have cost 12 bucks and you charge mr and mrs tomatsu 195 dollars they had a lot of luggage <laughs> you know harold this company's a disgrace to the hype bureau i ought to close you down right yeah, now yeah, harold. Right. don't worry about it mr bravo is he crazy i got the money no harm done here it is, folks. No, 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 no,
my friends and I would go to the Italian feast, mm-hmm. and we would seek him out because mm. this guy, he would just be, he would, st- in Washington Square Park, mm-hmm. he would start a comedy bit, mm-hmm. and before you knew it, there were hundreds of people oh, wow. surrounding him. That's organic comedy. Yeah, he was good. Oh, that's awesome. Too bad that, uh, you know, crack really, you know. Got a grip on Got him. a grip on him. So you just <sighs> reminded me. Yeah, so I didn't know about that aspect So, yeah, of so this is what's fascinating, right? Me growing up, here I'm thinking of Washington, D.C. as this pristine metropolis where everything is marble white Mm -hmm. and you know everything is shining so when i'm coming in you know with my wife and Mm -hmm. my friends we're going into dc i'm seeing like all the derelicts and i'm seeing graffiti everywhere Mm. and trash for a second i was in i think we came in there was no GPS back then. Right, right. Oh, wow. I'm I'm like, whoa, I think we came into the wrong place because this can't be D.C. Mm-hmm. And we started asking, you know, where is, you know, and then once you enter, you know, where the government buildings are at, mm-hmm. there's almost like another country. Wow. You know, wow. all the security... You know, mm. everything's pristine just there. But DC as a whole, cesspool. Wow. So a lot of people that don't understand, people who are, you know, haven't been out or where they live, like I well, was. Congratulations. They're lowering the murder, <laughs> the maximum uh, murder. So <laughs> this is... The maximum this sentence is gonna be for murders, rapes, and and violent crimes, and and, and she even put gar- uh, uh, was it uh, carjackings with with guns, armed carjacking, Ar- yeah, armed carjacking. So imagine this: it's a cesspool with the current right, um, crime, um, imagine with the, with the current laws right. in place. Imagine, so maximum penalties already. Right. You're going straight to federal. That hasn't been a deterrent <laughs> in any way, shape, or so form. So imagine what D.C. is going to be once it becomes a state. Oh, my God. It'll be the living purge. So this is going to be interesting. Very interesting. So to segue, I hate to keep it on uh, uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, but this these press briefings, they come out every day. Every I used to watch him every day, but it's unbelievable the the dribble that comes out. Yeah, of I used to make it a point before I came to Narnia. Uh huh. Um, I used to make it a point to start my day by watching the press briefings. Mm-hmm. But I realized something. You get dumber as you watch it. <laughs> no, what I realized was this press briefing. Is not for me. Right. Nothing that they discuss has anything to do with us. Not only does it have doesn't have anything to do with me, but the questions are never answered. They're just diverted. 
Right. Like you like there's oh, never you say you oppose it. Well, we 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 said right. that we were we didn't oppose we we're gonna oppose it, so but we're gonna not veto it. So the analogy is um press sec- madam press secretary. Mm-hmm. I'm holding up a black card. Would you say this is black? I would. I wouldn't say it is black. I mean, it's darker than white. But to uh, say that no. it's black, uh, that that's a step too far. I mean, if if you were to ask me between this color and another color that you say is black, do they look the same? Perhaps, but it's not black. <laughs> and that's why I stopped watching because you don't get really an answer, right? It's all double talk. Yeah, it's like, it's double talk, and it's pointless. It's that's what I'm saying. Like, who is this for? I mean, I thought my thought of the press secretary is there's a lot of complicated shit that's going on in Washington D.C. They boil it down so that we, the people can understand what the hell these bills contain you know what they're trying to push and then but you don't get any of that in fact this next clip i think you get and and then the irony is the press secretary right Mm -hmm. she's supposed to be the voice of the people of the president oh yeah the president yeah yeah that's Right? right yeah 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 she says something right as the the president's voice. Right. And then you ask the same question to the president. And he says something totally different. Totally different. <laughs> <laughs> They're not on the same page. No, it's ridiculous. And, and you can clearly tell that they're not on the same page because they ask her questions. And you can, based on the way that she replies to them, you can tell that she wasn't even in the room when they're making these decisions, because she's like, uh, well, well, like the way she was saying, oh, well, this, you know, the normal procedures and how these legislations happen. Like she has, I'm sure she has no idea of how these, what is the normal procedure. And it, trust me, it's not because it's uh, the way the Democrats or mm. the Republicans, when Donald Trump was in, mm-hmm. right, it was Sarah um, Sarah Huckabee, I think her name was okay. the press secretary. She 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 was a like a a feisty one, <laughs> like you know, like whoa. But she never answered the question. So then, what is the point of all? It, this? There's no, no point. <laughs> <laughs> so so she's a press secretary, right? I think this is the misinformation campaign. So she's the press secretary. So she is answering questions to that are asked her of the press, right? So upon her answers, the press can the, go ahead and make their reports. Uh, yeah. But how can you make a report <laughs> if you never get an answer, answer the question? It's always, and, and they're trained very well. They, it's all. It's like what our our uh, family member when when she was telling us about her working for the insurance company. That regardless of what the what they tell you, you have to find a way not to pay it. 
but with so it's like that. It's like regardless of whatever the 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 reporters tell you, don't give them any information. No, but this is the nasty trick mm. that these all politicians do it. Right mm. now, let's go back to the to. I'm holding up a card and it's black. <laughs> and what did you say? It's not. It's not black. It's a darker shade <laughs> than white. But you can't. You can't quite call it black. Just look at my administration. <laughs> we did a lot, you know. And what they do instead of answering, they they take. <laughs> like a curve and then all of a sudden you're listening to her rant about how good her the president yeah, <laughs> is you're like I didn't ask who the fuck cares is it black or not and we we strive hard our president all the roads were taken care of all. I didn't ask you about fucking roads I'm asking about the car <laughs> Is it black? Well, the president takes care of everybody. And he really, with this new bill that he wants to put forth, he wants to make sure that everyone is taken care of. This is what he's been doing for decades. He's going to take care of everyone. Right. So but that's not what re- I fucking asked you. <laughs> so check out the misinformation on this one. Because, um,. The next, uh, but yeah, we get canceled over on YouTube. Oh yeah, for misinformation, and most likely we're gonna get canceled on YouTube for this one. For this one, yeah. Thank God we're on Substack. We don't get canceled off there. Unreal. So this question is uh, specifically regarding Tucker Carlson, the next Alex Jones to be, and he re- last week we showed that he revealed some pretty. Uh, interesting video that came out of the Capitol. Boy, was there backlash about that. So check out on what the the press briefing has to say about that. I could only imagine. Uh, between Dominion voting systems and Fox News, which has turned up evidence that, that there may have been falsehoods in, in the reporting that they did around the election, um, which Fox, I should say, has, has said that those are cherry-picked anecdotes. So, but do you have a reaction to that? Yeah, I do have a reaction. Look, we agree with the, the chief of uh, Capitol Police and, and the wry rage of bipartisan lawmakers. You heard them all yesterday. You guys reported on it, who have condemned uh, this false de- depiction of the unprecedented violent attack on, con- on our Constitution and the rule of law, which cost police, police uh, officers their lives. And that's what we saw on that day, on a very dark day, an attack on our democracy. And so we also, uh, when as it relates to the Tucker Carlson question, we agree with uh, look at she's never looking at anybody and executives. She's looking down. Repeatedly stressed in she's lying. of law that Tucker Carlson is not credible when it comes to this issue in particular. And we have, uh, you know, NPR back in um, uh, back in September of 2020, they had the NPR. They have NPR in their pocket, and that's who they go to. They say Tucker Carlson is just out of, flat out lying misinformation. Now I'm not condoning Tucker Carlson a hundred percent, but so you know he might have exaggerated on his report, but he has videos showing you. But that's the thing, he has video. I mean, you can you can make whatever conclusion you want, but. 
the video speaks for itself. And you know what? This is his his response to, you know, this whole White House. Because now, because, you know, Alex Jones felt the sting and he was saying it. He said it just like um, uh, Trump said it, which is they're coming to they're coming after me to get to you. Right. And you know what? Since Trump said it, he got banned off the, uh, Twitter. So did Alex Jones get banned? And look, now us nobodies are getting banned left and right. So he was right. They're going after them to come after us. Absolutely. So this is what tar- I mean. You might not be a Republican. You might not be a Democrat. You might. And be- by the way, that statement you just made. Mm. That's going to ban us off of YouTube. <laughs> Just that statement alone. I mean, at this point, it's even hard to, to determine because we get, we either get blocked, we get banned, we get demonetized, we get every, like, every little shadow bit. I'm using TikTok as a, as a control. I'm still on TikTok. You know, they're... They haven't banned me yet from TikTok. So, but if you ban me off of TikTok, and and again live on the stream, then I'm gonna I'm gonna make this statement. All I am dis- I'm discussing topics, right? Giving you my opinion, right? Right. Like what? any other radio host, what that's what radio. Hosts too. That's every, they don't. But yeah, TikTok allows a voluptuous woman in a su- a woman in a supermarket to droop out her breast <laughs> and have a ch- and you see her bre- expose her breast and a, a five year old kid suckling off her breast. You know that's a. That thing is it's um affecting Americans, and it's well, yeah, a, that's allowed. That's but a, I'm not allowed to discuss politics and you know give my opinion. You got, I just don't understand it. I yeah, just I'm don't. hearing about those those types of videos and how uh, teens and kids and whatever that are on these apps are like you know that's like porn for them. You know, watching a breastfeeding video and it's like poor kid he's gonna grow up and be like all messed up in the head with that shit yo i saw you on a couple of years ago i saw you sucking your mom's breast (laughs) on tiktok (laughs) but that's a lot i mean i don't care they do that but what's good for the goose is good for the gander you're gonna ban me for my opinions but yet you other Weird, vulgar, vulgar, and I don't understand it. I really don't. Well, it's it's the same thing with the like. What they're trying to do is they're trying to have an FCC level of regulation on the internet. That's what they want. Yeah, you have to be a certain. You have to have a certain tone. A certain diction, you need to go at a certain time, and blah blah blah. And but then that goes against the see, whole the whole thing of the internet, right? Like what made the internet, what makes the internet great is 
the fact that if you go like on 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 television, mm-hmm. right? You're behind you you're beholden to the FCC. Right. You're getting a polished bit of worked over uh content that's been through the people that created and then their bosses, producers and the production houses by the time it's, it's already it's on homogenized the team. completely right. right it's not real internet is raw i mean this is live this raw. is this is what it's all about right raw talk raw exactly it's not for everybody i understand it mm-hmm. you don't like what i'm saying guess what there's a billion <laughs> Freaking podcast out there. Go find another one. Go find them. You got podcasts on how to make rice right. and beans. There's, you, there's no reason for you to force us to be shut down when all you need to do is change the channel. Yeah. You don't like what I'm saying? Don't tune in. Don't tune in. I mean, hell, we're on Substack, right? You have to actually go to our site to listen to us. What what is the sense in you trying to ban us from selling products? Like, 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 what is the sense in that? We're just talking concepts here. Like, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's just so, this it's is so ridiculous. Just, this is just a discussion, right? That's all it is. If you don't like what I'm talking about, guess what? You find out how many podcasts there are. Even the bums. Well, you know what? The uh, people begging for money on corners, they got podcasts. Uh, I'm hearing that, let's see, how um, how many podcasts exist, Lucy? Oh, my God. That's got to be a large number. It says there are over 5 million podcasts. Imagínate. With uh, 7 million episodes between them. Now, let's see. Um... Let's see. Because, uh, let's see. Because I've heard. Let's see. Uh, yeah, let's see. More than 10 episodes. So, out of 5 million podcasts, only 720,000 have more than 10 episodes. Wow, so we're there. And only 156,000 are releasing a weekly episode. Wow, so we're 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 in the top, we're in the top top, you know, if we keep going, we can stay we're not Joe Rogan level, but we're out of 5 million, we're in the top 156. So, so we're Bobolongos in the podcast world. <laughs> I mean, there's there's above us, but there there's a lot there's a lot of weather pools underneath us. <laughs> so yeah, we're doing good. We're you know, um, it's just it's just crazy that that we have to you know fight to speak in America. I just find it ridiculous. I mean. That was a promise of the internet that allows us to. See, I understand when it comes to television because you turn, I mean, there's not even television anymore. Right. It's cable. And cable has a, geez, what, about a thousand channels? If you, if you have, if you even have cable anymore. Yeah. I mean, if you, 
if you have cable anymore. Which most people don't. Most people have it as a as a bundle and don't even watch it. When I had cable, which was not long ago, I had cable, but I never even used it. I flipped through channels for what? For what? You got Netflix, you got I mean, I barely and go And let me tell you something. Before I made the change and it was about we're in 2023. Mhm. I made the change in 2016. Never in my wildest dreams did I believe that I wouldn't need cable anymore. I was like, oh, my God, I'm letting go of cable. You know, like, and I did it because of finances. Mm -hmm. And these people are still doubling down. Dudes, make that affordable. May, if you want cable to continue to exist, it should be free. I mean, you get the advertisement money. What do you? How much more money you want from Pfizer? I mean, my God, TV was free when I was growing up. <laughs> I mean, what are you? What are you if selling? My, if my parents had to pay cable to watch TV, mm-hmm. might as well throw the television out the to the garbage. <laughs> But that's the, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's the point? Uh, I mean, and then you buy the box, you buy the ca- you buy the cable, you pay the thing a month, and you still get ads. What's the point? I mean, how much money could these things cost? Let me tell you something. One of the greatest when I was a kid, one of the greatest I thought was like, my God, we're in the future, mm. right? It was home box office. <laughs> and I only had one relative that had HBO. And I would go to his house and I would hear. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be the greatest movie ever. <laughs> and you would sit there. And you will feel like you will be in a theater watching home box office. (laughs) Now, I put on HBO. I got fucking commercials on HBO. Yeah, it's crazy. On HBO. So it ain't ain't home box office anymore. No. It's fucking a regular. Yeah. Yeah, that's what everything's become. And and, and you're subscribing to Disney. To, to Hulu, I'm, to Netflix, to, check it out. to Amazon. I'm paying Hulu right. to watch commercials. Right. <laughs> right. Right. So technically, Hulu should be free. Right. How can something like... I don't want to... We're veering off the track. We were yeah. talking about Tucker Carlson. And we just got off, but it, it it's... It's crazy. It's crazy how some of these things just occur to us, you know, like they just come. But the the promise of the Internet and the the thing that, that really messed the Internet up was the Internet was free. That's what made everything. That's what disrupted everybody is because it was free. And that's why the news organizations are struggling. That's why everybody because it's free. You know, it's a free place to share ideas. And now everyone's trying to figure out, like us, you know, we're putting out this content 100% for free. 
for free. Right. So now it's a different it's a different uh uh landscape than it was before. You know, this internet thing is totally different than it was back in 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 the TV days. But at least what we're trying to do this next generation and with this value for value model is what we're trying to do is instead of having the guy, the studio executive saying, no, 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 you don't say that. This is not profitable. You got to think about the advertisers here. Instead, we're, we're, we're being funded by those that listen. Right. So the we're content. We're no different than NPR. Right. Because they live off of donations. Right. Right. But the, what, what makes us different is that NPR runs as a nonprofit organization. Which is, if you look into it, another scam so that they don't pay taxes and so that right. they can get big donations from people, which which help to, uh, steer stories in one direction or another, right? Because they're donors. You know, you get a big donor and it's tax-free and they say, don't cover this. You're not going to cover it, you know? Plus, it, it, it gives an excuse to these rich people. Right. Like the Helena Rubinstein Foundation. <laughs> exactly. This program was brought to you by the Helena Rubinstein Foundation. At least in this podcast. Who the hell is Helena Rubinstein? Exactly. So at least in th- in this podcast, in the Podcasting 2.0 platform, you know, we are funded by the people that truly watch, not by the the unseen rich people that want a narrative put put out and not only that they looking for a place to park their money so that they can get a tax tax, write tax write-off exactly and at the same time we have full control over this right so you know if you don't like the cop the the topics that we're covering then there's another channel. Go, there's another podcast. There's no reason to ban us and to be all upset. Just turn us off. Don't donate. That's it. If you want to hurt us, don't donate. It's as simple as that. Don't donate. Surf another podcast. Right. There's, that's capitalism. At a, at, that's mil- capitalism. Is it not? Is, is it? There's millions of them. <laughs> right. So anyway, we got a little off topic here, but... Uh, but the whole Tucker Carlson thing is a, as that dynamic of that report that he made. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Why do I find the the Tucker Carlson narrative interesting? Because I would say ninety five percent of the United States population mm-hmm. wasn't there, mm-hmm. right? So we're beholden to the media right. to tell us what happened. Right. So they withhold these videos from the public, mm-hmm. right? Because let me tell you something. If you want the American people mm-hmm. to truly find out what happened, on that day, mm-hmm. the government has the, the power to do this. Go on the Internet. Park that video. All the videos that you have. 
mm-hmm. of that day, publicize it, declassify it, put it on. Well, here's the. Well, he's gonna explain why they don't want this video out. Okay, but let me finish my thought. Okay, because again, I'm a schmo. Mm-hmm. What do I know about anything? You know what I'm saying? I'm a Uber driver. Tell me how, you know, what what trips I should reject and what trips I should take. I'm an expert on that. Because <laughs> I do it every day. Right. Like, dude, I'm not going to Logan mm. and get paid $75 and then come back empty. Right. I'm not stupid that way. Mm-hmm. I know my business. Right. Right. But everything else, I'm beholden to whatever I see mm-hmm. on the television, on social media, what I hear on the radio. And predominantly, I base my opinions on what I hear on the radio because that's what I listen to. Right. It's what I love. Mm-hmm. I like radio more than I do cable because it creates a theater of the mind. Mm-hmm. And I'm really into that. So... The reason I'm saying this is, oh, the insurrection. People died. They burst into, okay. So if you want us to believe that this truly happened and the conspiracy theorists that say, no, that didn't happen, it actually somebody threw tear gas and people were trying to get away from the tear gas, so they were... Busting into the into the Capitol building, mm-hmm. trying to get away from the tear gas. Well, now there's two narratives, right? Right. Publis get a fucking website, put out the videos. Now again, I don't know the ins and out of this. What are the dangers of putting out the video? Because now people like Nancy Pelosi and people that were there mm-hmm. were like, if you publicize everything, I get. Now my life is in danger. Right. I don't know how. Well, that's that's uh, interesting that you're mentioning uh, Nancy Pelosi because she has a role in all this. Apparently, so, that she she has the uh, the the role of the Capitol Police and ensuring that the Capitol is protected. And apparently, there's a oh, well, and I got and I got to retract the statement that I made on the last podcast. Mm. I had stated that in the last podcast that Tucker Carlson had mentioned that there was FBI people in within that group mm-hmm. inciting the violence. Right. It wasn't Tucker Carlson that said that. I I think I listened um on this guy named Jesse Kelly that mm-hmm. I listened to the radio. I think it was him. So I don't I don't want people to say, "Oh, you you miss well giving misinformation." Check out this uh, before. Uh, well, you might be onto something because he he says something in this report. Now, again, the Kian, uh Karine Jean Pierre is saying Tucker Carlson's misinformation. Don't believe anything he has to say, and she's staring down and she's giving every signal that she's lying. Right. right. So. Check she out stares the, down. I know people that look up. Yeah, yeah, and, and not 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 doing eye contact. And right. Then, so, 
check out this this new report. He 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 titles this Here is the truth. Hmm. And tonight, one of the hallmarks of people who are telling the truth, in case you were wondering how to tell the difference, is that people who are telling the truth are calm. They don't wave their hands around and make wild accusations. They don't need to do that. It's enough to say what they know. And if honest people turn out to be wrong about something, they'll admit it. They don't double down on false. They made a mistake, and that's okay. It's not like they're claiming to be God. Liars behave differently. Liars are touchy, sometimes to the point of hysteria. They're hiding something. That's the whole point of lying. And they're worried you're going to find out what it is. Liars are fragile because over time, lying makes you weak and afraid. It has the same effect on countries, by the way. We're living through one of those clarifying moments, which actually we're thankful for, where we're learning exactly who the liars are. On Monday, we showed you unreleased videotape from January 6th. It proved, that tape proved, that three of the most important claims our leaders have made about that day were untrue. Their claims were lies. We were not shocked to discover that. We knew there was a reason that congressional leaders had been hiding the tape and that reporters in Washington weren't demanding to see it. They were lying to us, obviously. That's why you hide things. But what was actually surprising, what we can't quite get over even now, is how they responded when they were caught lying. They didn't seem embarrassed. They didn't apologize. They weren't even curious to learn more about what actually happened on January 6th. Let's see the tape. No, they didn't want to see it. They exploded in rage. And then, as liars tend to do, they doubled down. They told the same lies they'd been caught telling, but with even greater aggression this time. Shut up, it's midnight, they said as the sun rose behind them. Who acts like that? Well, sociopaths do. And in this case, the sociopaths turned out to be both Democrats and Republicans. The commitment to lying in Washington is far deeper and more bipartisan even than we realize when we follow the stuff for a living. Now, you sometimes hear people say that the whole partisan system is an illusion and that underneath the manufactured debates, the leaders on both sides are, in fact, secretly united in a common love of money and power. Bingo! required to get them. And honestly, we can never really bring ourselves to believe that. It's just too dark. But now we do believe it because we have seen it. Consider the death of police officer Brian Sicknick. Now, we still don't know exactly how Officer Sicknick died. We're not certain that anyone does know. No one has explained it. But after reviewing the previously withheld video evidence, we can tell you with certainty that Officer Sicknick was not beaten to death by Trump voters at the Capitol. The tape shows very clearly Brian Sicknick walking through the building in apparent health after the media told us for two years that he had been murdered. So they were wrong about that. Okay, they got caught. Here's the interesting thing. They won't admit it. Liz Cheney's tweet is still on Twitter tonight. Officer Sicknick was killed defending our capital from the violent mob on January 6th. No correction. Anderson Cooper of CNN still has not apologized. Quote, Officer Brian Sicknick died after being hit in the head with a fire extinguisher during the fight, he told us. Those are lies. So why not just admit it and move on? But Wait they, a minute. Oh, pause. This week, the White House trotted out both. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so this guy didn't die in the, day, in, the, in, the, in the insurrection? No. That was him walking? That was him walking. After the insurrection? Right. What? Yeah. Yeah. So he's gonna he, he he died 
after the many days after. And he's going to explain, you also voted for Trump. <laughs> whoa, 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 wait. My God. I would love to have my nemesis hear, hear this with. Oh, the black eagle. The black eagle. <laughs> How true is this report? I mean, it's Tucker Carlson. Uh, I, I, I mean, people, people tend to um, uh, paint him so with that, that misinformation. Did not die the day of the insurrection. He didn't get belted with a fire extinguisher on his head. This is my view. My view is that Tucker Carlson is a man who believes in his craft of journalism. To a point where he was on the opposing side of Alex Jones for a while. Him and Alex Jones were at odds because he looked at Alex Jones like, you're too far off the deep end with your conspiracies. But then as COVID and the things were being revealed, he got to a point where he's like, wait a minute. this is th- These stories have more truth to it. And now he's coming out with things like of this nature. Right now... Without Tucker Carlson, he had an epiphany that wait a minute, there might be some truths right to what Alex Jones was saying. And this is what pisses me off with this guy, with Joe Madison. Like I know he lives in D.C. He swallows everything that he hears on on CNN, on MSNBC, and all these places. And then he doesn't he doesn't let the opposition get a word in edgewise. Mm. You go on his show, you oppose him, or you're a troll. Right. Click. And then his his listenership, they applaud him because he does that. Right. Instead of saying you know, there's two sides to a story. We want to listen to what this guy says. Yeah, but uh, we're what is it? A uh, team, team minded. You know, where everyone's rooting for their team to win. You know, so this is a freaking dog and <sighs> pony show. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, this is a pretty long report, but what he gets into is with this report is that there were people there that they don't want you to know who was there. Let, 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 keep it rolling, because this is an education. Okay. All right. Both the press secretary and Joe Biden's attorney general, the attorney general of the United States, to claim not just that Brian Sicknick was actually murdered by Republicans at the Capitol, but that other officers were murdered, too. It's, it's almost beyond belief. Watch this. The right range of bipartisan lawmakers, you heard them all yesterday, you guys reported on it, who have condemned uh, this false de- depiction of the unprecedented violent attack on, con- on our Constitution and the rule of law, which caused police, police uh, officers' lives. It was a violent attack on a fundamental tenet of American democracy, that power is peacefully transferred from one administration to another. Uh, um, 
over 100 officers were assaulted on that day. Five officers died. Five officers died on that day. Now, that's just not some guy on Twitter. That's the Attorney General of the United States. That's a man whose honesty is central to his job. If you had a choice between IQ and integrity, Attorney General, of course you would go with integrity because it's essential. But Joe Biden's Attorney General, Merrick Garland, is a liar. He just lied about something that is provably false. Who are these five officers who are, quote, killed that day? Notice he didn't tell you. No one ever tells you. No one ever shows you their autopsies. They don't want any detail. They just want the slogan. Now, they're counting Brian Sicknick. That's a lie. But who are the other four? Well, those are four officers who killed themselves after January 6th, in some cases long after January 6th. What? But their suicides, we know for a fact, were the result of the Republican mob at the Capitol. It's just, it's just false. And it's not some esoteric fact. That fact is available to anyone who has Internet access. No police officers died that day on January 6th. None. Not one. Some were assaulted, that is true, and their assaults are indefensible. So how many were assaulted? Well, Garland said over 100. The Government Accountability Office says the number is 114, and we're just going to roll with that. We don't know if it's true, but we'll take it at face value. And that is bad. We are opposed to assaulting police officers in any context. We said that on January 6, 2020. We'll say it again. We're against that. But is January 6 the worst assault on the U.S. government since the Civil War? That's insane. It's not even close. How about March of 1954, when Puerto Rican separatists shot five congressmen in the Capitol building? Five members of Congress shot in the building. It's all bad, but the worst since the Civil War. You're just a flat-out liar if you're saying that. More recently, this is an event we all remember, Antifa descended on Washington, D.C. to force the sitting president from office. But it was Trump, so that's cool. And while they were there, they set a historic Christian church on fire, St. John's in Lafayette Square. Do you remember that? You should, because it happened Labor Day weekend less than three years ago. And when it happened, the left-wing mayor of Washington, D.C., refused to allow her police department, the MPD, to assist Secret Service agents while they were under siege and getting beaten. No, she made her cops stand back and watch it happen. And they were very upset about it at the time. Here's what it looked like. I believe there are several fires raging now down this street. And this is what you hate to see. There are people throwing fireworks and who knows what else. And that crane is just fully engulfed. St. John's Church. That's right, the St. John's Church fire. It's burning a church across from the White House. Those are the George Floyd riots. So what was the toll there? Now, we're not going to get 
requests, we're going to go again right to the government. According to recently George released George last month, during those attacks, the 2020 attack on the White House by left-wing mobs, who were quoting, Federal Protective Services, the Secret Service, and the Park Police reported that at least 180 officers were injured during the demonstrations, including concussions, lacerations, exposure to chemical gas, and severe burning. So while stipulating that all riots are bad, because precision matters, facts matter, the truth matters, here's the truth. More cops were injured by Kamala Harris's favorite mob, BLM, at the White House than were injured by Trump voters at the Capitol on January 6th. A lot more. So again, to be clear, both events are bad, but here's the key. We only remember one of them. Why? Because the people in charge of history are liars. Liars. And lying is bad. And on a national scale, it's deadly. It's corrosive of everything that is good in the country, including trust and your grasp on reality itself. And that's why they try to make you lie. Men can become women. Climate change is an existential threat or whatever the lie is they're making you tell. They don't believe it. They know you don't believe it. But by forcing you to repeat it, they degrade and control you. They make you less of a person. And that's what we've been experiencing. We told you Monday about Navy veteran Jacob Chansley. He was tried by the media, convicted of being a domestic terrorist, and sentenced to four years in prison. What exactly was Jacob Chansley's crime? Well, no one was ever very precise about that. Here's what the media told you it was. In his horned helmet, fur pelts, and face paint, Jacob Chansley became known as the QAnon shaman. But prosecutors called him the most prominent symbol of a violent insurrection. He's been in jail since January, and he's trying to get out, but prosecutors say he is still too dangerous to release. Make no mistake, Chansley is a stone-cold thug. He kept saying, I'm... You know, I'm not violent. I'm peaceful. I'm a shaman. But then you put those images, what you were just talking about, you put those images together, and that isn't an image of, you know, of peace. This is the new face of extremism. Hmm. It's the new face of extremism. Jacob Chansley is the new face of extremism. He's a stone-cold thug. Prosecutors say he is too dangerous to release. And most people believe that because why wouldn't they? They were told it, and there was no evidence to the contrary. And now there is evidence to the contrary. We brought it to you Monday. The video that we reviewed at great length over three weeks showed with precision what Jacob Chansley actually did inside the Capitol. And here's what it looks like once again. Here's video of... Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least Which nine saw officers in the last who were within cast. touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Watch. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Yeah, so I mean, this this report is is about a twenty. It's a twenty minute report, but it, it he goes into who was actually there. Let me see. I believe he around here. Let's see. Uh, and they're willing to lie, really lie, and crush people. Mitch McConnell, Tom Tillis, and BLM superfan Mitt Romney, all weak men, and like all weak men, vicious men. We're especially angry. Watch. It was a mistake, in my view, for Fox News to depict this in a way that's 
completely at variance with what our chief law enforcement official here at the Capitol thinks. I think it's bull****. When you see police barricades breached, when you see police officers assaulted, all of that, or you had to be in close proximity no, to it. this is not what I was uh, alluding to. Well, I don't know if maybe it wasn't uh, Tucker Carlson that revealed it, but uh, I was um, I was going over, and it seems like what they, I, I believe it was, it must have been Tucker Carlson, but uh, the thing that I was hearing is that the reason they don't want to let this video footage out is because then they can use facial recognition technology to see who was there at the at the Capitol. And when you do that, there were people there at the Capitol. That shouldn't have been there. That shouldn't have been there. And everybody that you see rushing, they they had to really look for somebody that isn't a Fed. They, they were like, they had to really cherry pick like the guy with the horns and they had to, out of all those people that were there they had to cherry pick who wasn't a fed so what i heard that i thought it was sucker carson that said it mm -hmm. that's actually yeah so federal government was there apparently there was um the special forces there there was several branches of the military there there was um and apparently, this is something interesting that I, 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 I mean, we have to see the footage. But I'm hearing that there was Ukrainians there, the Azov Battalion, some people from Ukraine. Okay, so see, this is why you cannot get the fucking truth. Now we heard Tucker Carlson's right. Um, narrative, right? Uh-huh. Look at this. This is from People Magazine. Mm. Oh, People Magazine. <laughs> Family of officer killed after January 6th Capitol riot slams Tucker Carson. Rip our wounds wide open again. The family of fallen officer Brian Sicknick issued their statement hours after Tucker claims on his broadcast to this day, media accounts describes Sicknick as someone who was slain on January the 6th. The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Mm -hmm. The family of a U.S. Capitol police officer who died of a series of strokes one day after being assaulted during the January the 6th riots at the U.S. Capitol is slamming Tucker Carlson after the Fox News host aired footage of the riot and said the narrative surrounding the officer's death was a lie. So here's right here is you got to read with a third eye, mm -hmm. right? Check this out. The family of the U.S. Capitol Police officer who died of series of strokes one day after being assaulted during the January 6th riots. Now, what did, what did your third year immediately get from that statement I just said? Read it one more time. The family of the U.S. I'm going to read the whole thing, and then when I stop, then you tell me. Okay. Now, listen. 
Get your third, your mm -hmm. third ear, your third eye, whatever, your pineal glands prepped up for this. Okay. The family of the U.S. Capitol officer who died of a series of strokes one day after being assaulted during the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol is slamming Tucker Carlson after the Fox News host aired footage of the riots and said the narrative surrounding the officer's death was a lie. Mm -hmm. Your third eye, your third ear. So the family is... Probably I don't know. Uh, I I uh, I I don't have anything that's that screams out to me. Well, what screams out to me is this mm. passage: the family of U.S. Capitol police officer who died of a series of strokes. Right. One day mm. after being assaulted during the January sixth riot. Now. That perks my ears up. I wonder if he got vaccinated. No, what 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 perks my ears up is when you listen that this guy died in the riot. You're thinking they got killed him there. in the riot. Right. Like the immediately when you hear that, I'm thinking the crowds are like kicking them and and when the crowds dissipate there's a course on the ground. Right. But that's not the way it happens. No. That's this not the guy way it died of a stroke. Right. Right. But yet the way they and the way they said that, it that, that he got hit with a fire hydrant. I mean, have who walks around I mean I haven't seen the footage. Did, have you seen this guy get hit with, in the head with a fire hydrant? Who has a fire hydrant? Where do you get a fire hydrant? And how do you hit somebody in the... I, could, I mean, I imagine fire hydrants are pretty heavy. I thought it was a fire heavy. extinguisher. They said a fire hydrant. The fire hydrant. You know how much those fuckers weigh? <laughs> That's exactly what I'm saying. How the hell can you hit somebody in the head with a fire hydrant? You might get a busted nut trying to, like, pick up one of these things. Right. So this thing is solid steel. Look it up. See if they, they say that Brian Sicknick got hit in the head with a fire extinct, uh, fire hydrant. I believe that's what they said. It was a fire. It might be extinguisher now that now that you put the extinguisher. But I, I thought I'm pretty sure that they were saying hydrant. Okay. Officer. Sicknick was struck in the head check this out well this is PolitiFact mm. let's see what this says Capitol Police Officer Brian Ah, uh, here comes the advertisement. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died of natural causes. <laughs> natural causes. This is PolitiFact? Yes. Wait a minute. A full autopsy found that Officer Brian Sicknick suffered two strokes after the January 6th assault on, on the Capitol. 
with no sign that an injury or reaction to chemical irritants played a role. Me- so, yeah, I put it up. There on you it. go. Me- what? So this is what this is where the 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 powers that be they use Politifact as a fact checking source, right? So media coverage in the days after his media coverage in the days after his death was of mixed accuracy. Whoa, that's a mouthful. New information from the chief medical examiner for the District of Columbia provides fresh details that call into question early reports about how U.S. Capitol Police Officer Brian Sicknick died. Sicknick died the day after January 6th assault on the Capitol. Initial report citing law enforcement sources said that the 42-year-old had been struck in the head with a fire extinguisher. Extinguisher, so I was wrong. It was extinguisher, not hydrant. Follow-up coverage challenged that, saying he had been sprayed with a form of mace that and that and that the cause of death remained unclear. So first they say he got hit in the head with an extinguisher. Right. Then they refuted that and said, no, no, no. He got sprayed in the face with some chemical. Right. But now they're saying he died of natural causes. On April 19th, the medical, the medical examiner, Dr. Francisco J. Diaz determined that Sicknick died from two strokes at the base of his brain caused by a blood clot in the artery that feeds the part that part of the body. Wow. So then who the hell do you believe? This is what I'm saying. So, so this is the problem. You know, the Tucker Carlson so had some, you know, they, they want to dismiss nailing, him. They're nailing him. Just they're like nailing Just Tucker. like they 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 put the muzzle over our mouths or the muzzle over Alex Jones, which we know Alex Jones is right about a lot of things, folks. A lot. He makes mistakes. We're human beings. Right. And, and he and he's satirical. You know, he he's he's a bit of a he tries to make his reporting a little bit more used to. Now but before they they come. They came down on him. He used to try, like he he dressed up as Darth Vader and an Optimus Prime and all these things. He they they he can't do these things anymore. Alex because, Jones dressed up as Optimus Prime. Yeah, <laughs> please pull up a picture of him in this. Is yeah. there any photos of him? Uh, let me see. Uh, I like this guy more and more. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Please let there be an image. Please. Uh, uh, it'll be a little bit hard to find. Hold on. Uh, let me see. Well, anyway, that's not important. Because, oh. you know, Alex, anything with Alex Jones is banned, so it's hard to find. Mm. Well, that's not important. What I'm saying is. People like Alex Jones, people like me, people like Tucker Carlson, people like in PolitiFact, people like Joe Madison. Mm-hmm. We all are beholden to human error and mistakes. 
And believe it or not, us as humans, what do we do? We lie. Right. There's not one person on this planet that say, oh, I don't lie. Right there, you lie. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mean, especially having pinnacle, the pinnacle of the democratic, um, of, of the Democrats, the best president ever to walk this, the, the, the halls of the White House is Barack Obama, right? Mm-hmm. He's been the best president ever. Right. He lies, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, he did. He lies. Yeah, yeah. Believe it or not, he's human. He uh, lies. I think I found something here. Let's see. Out <laughs> the cube. <laughs> Autobots, let's roll. Roll out. Autobots, roll out. Transform and roll out. Autobots, roll out. <laughs> I am office. Optimus Prime. Very nice. Very Autobots, nice. roll out. <laughs> the Cube, we came to your world. Megatron, prepare to die. <laughs> Autobots, roll out. <laughs> Not bad, bro. <laughs> you know he he like he likes he he likes to joke around like we do, you know, joke around. And, you know, the the last uh, time I checked, um, Alex Jones, he, he's human, right? A human being. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because he does this stuff, they say, oh, so the news that you report is fake too, right? Because you're not Optimus Prime, obviously. But when Don Lamone, <laughs> when he says something, <laughs> oh, 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 when you, he when he takes when he says you're taking horse dewormer, <laughs> oh, horse paste, when it's been a clinically proven and uh, clinically uh, prescribed drug. For bi- millions, if not billions of people, that's horse. That's horse. I like I like Joe Rogan because when he's they, they said that about him, he's like, "Listen, motherfucker, I can afford human medication. I don't need to go to a fucking vet to get my medication. I got money. You know that, right? Like, I don't need to go to a vet to get horse paste. I, I get real medication. You know. <laughs> and and, and let, me, let me tell you something. He dwarfs Mr. Lamone's oh, finance. Oh, yes, he does. So, but you know, with the, I, with the liberals, if Don if Don Lamone says it, mm-hmm. you could set it in stone. Yeah. So I think I found the the I think it was Tucker Carlson that that I was that I was alluding to. Um, I think I found the report. Within hours of January 6th, literally hours, you began to hear that day described as a deadly insurrection, and not described by one news outlet or one politician, but in unison by all of them, almost like it was coordinated. A deadly insurrection. That's how history may record January 6th. But the tape that we reviewed from 
within the building on that day proves it was neither an insurrection nor deadly. Here it is. January 6th, when an estimated 2,000 rioters breached the Capitol building, causing the deaths of five police officers. Certain dates echo throughout history. December 7th, 1941. September 11th, 2001. And January 6th. The mob beat officers with anything they had on them. A hockey stick, a flagpole, a fire extinguisher. You made a good point that... Police officers died. There's been a lot of uh, riots for George Floyd that they just skip over. Now, see, I just heard... No, see, a, this a, isn't the, the one... I think this is the one that we aired last time. This isn't the one. I just heard a comparison that it bothers me. 9-11. Mm-hmm. Thousands of people died. Mm-hmm. Pearl Harbor. Thousands of people died. Thousands of people died. January 6th. Allegedly, five died. After the insurrection. You know who did die? That nobody is uh, saying anything the about. The lady, right? That lady? Ashley Babbitt. I mean, Ashley Babbitt is somebody that was just... A veteran. She was there in support of Donald Trump, like a like any voter would be. She was just trying to exercise her right, trying to be part of history. Mm-hmm. And the Capitol Police shot her dead. Why? What did she do? Nothing. She was just in the building. Not that she had a choice, because... Like I said, it's the mob mentality. You have a mob going into the building. Try going against the mob. Good luck. Yeah. I've I've been <laughs> in not... crowded areas where the crowd goes, you, you go. have to go. Right. Or you get trampled to death. Right. So see, but this is what I mean. Like the there's such bias. In everything, when it comes to these reports, it's like it's night and day. You got one side saying one thing, the other side, and it's hard. And then on a whim, I look it up, and PolitiFact, which I've heard is like a reputable publication Mm -hmm. that many people refer to as, like, the word. They say that he didn't die from the insurrection, but he had two strokes, blood clots. Right. So you don't know what the fuck is the truth. Right. So, I mean, (sighs) they knock me for saying we didn't go to the moon. Right? Right. There's some facts that show that Stanley Kubrick did. He did work in conjunction with the government. Right. In producing a film of the moon landing. Now, check this out. The reason for the the government hired Stanley Kubrick to do this is because even though 
Now, again, in parentheses, mm-hmm. this is what they say. Even though we did get to the moon, the quality of the video was so poor mm. in the transmission from the moon to the earth. We're talking about 1969. Right. So they hired Stanley Kubrick to do a video of these people on the moon so that they have something to transmit right, with better quality than what they had available to them. Right. Right? So the government, instead of saying, look, we did go to the moon. Yeah, we had Stanley Kubrick. He did do a job for us. Is that the video? Fucking be honest about it. Mm -hmm. The video was poor. So we hired him so that we can translate what's going on on the moon to our people here in the United States. Mm -hmm. No, they'd rather hide that. They hide it. Then somebody stumbles upon, but wait a minute. There's evidence that Stanley Kubrick did this. Then comes the conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. That, why? Because they hide shit. Right. They hide shit all the time. And that's the problem. That's why we have to request, we have to do a FOIA requests to learn anything. So, I don't know. This is Sometimes I feel like I'm beating a dead horse. Yeah, but you know what? I think at least... One of the things that I like about us doing this uh, podcast is that for a long time uh, we would have conversations like this, and it would be it would always end up with the thing like, "Well, what am I going to do about it? You know, what what could, what power do I have really mm-hmm. to do anything?" And I think this this right here is the power that we all have: having a discussion, having a voice, having a voice. Bringing it out there, you know, um, debating different ideas, having a different approach to certain things. That's how we, you know, we put that into the zeitgeist. I mean, how many times have you had an idea of something and you're like, Gonyo, somebody else came up with it. Right. So why don't we have more of these good ideas out there so that maybe somebody else can, you know, implement them, you know, like... It, that's how this the zeitgeist is there for a reason, you know. It, it 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 gets to a point where it's common knowledge, and then things can actually get done, you know. But you know, this is why I I, I truly enjoy uh, podcasting. But you don't have to have a podcast; you can have conversations in your local community. And the more at you at the barbershop when you you know at the bar, you know at the pool hall, right. So, I mean, I just think the same thing, you know, segueing to another topic, this whole UFO phenomena thing, Mm. which so today's cast I titled Foo Fighters because we um, we have a bombshell report coming out from our friend, Mr. Jeremy Corbell. Mm, okay. And uh, what exactly is a foo? And how do we fight them? 
<laughs> well, the Foo Fighters were something was like a phenomenon, if I'm correct, that was experienced in in the Second World War, wasn't it? Yes. Where where pilots were seeing these crafts that they couldn't explain what they were, and they, you know, initially labeled them the Foo Fighters. Isn't that what what it was? So let me see here. It says uh, the term Foo Fighter was uh, an Allied uh, was used by Allied aircraft pilots. Uh, let me put this up on the screen um, during World War II to describe various UFOs or mysterious aerial phenomena seen in the skies over both European and Pacific theaters of operations. Though Foo Fighter initially described a type of UFO reported and named by the U.S. 415th Night Fighter Squadron, the term was also commonly used to mean any UFO sighting from that period. Formerly reported from November 1944 onwards, Foo Fighters were presumed by witness to be secret weapons employed by the enemy. The Robertson panel explored possible explanations for uh, explanations. For instance, they were uh, electrostatic phenomena similar to St. Elmo's fire, electromagnetic phenomena, St. Elmo's fire. Uh, do you know about St. Elmo's fire? I'm, I'm not aware of it. Uh, St. Elmo's fire. It says St. Elmo's fire, which is also called witch fire or witch's fire, is a weather phenomenon in which luminous plasma is created by a corona discharge from a rod-like object such as a mast, spire, chimney, or animal horn an atmospheric, in an atmospheric electrical field or electric field. It has also been observed on leading edges of airplanes. In the case of British Airways Flight 2009, the intensity of the effect or a blue or violet glow around the object, often accompanied by a hissing or buzzing sound, is proportional to the strength of the electric field, therefore noticeable primarily during thunderstorms or volcanic eruptions. It's like a static... Uh... Hmm. Electro charge. I wonder why they call it Saint Saint Elmo's fire. Hmm. But anyway, uh, in any case, so uh, the Foo Fighters or the uh, type of UFO, more eh. or less like the Tic Tac, right? So uh, Jeremy Corbell has revealed that. Um, but before we get to uh, that. There's something else I wanted to discuss really quickly because it's it's a big thing that's going on now, and it's this fallout of the Silicon Valley Bank. Okay, so we went from UFOs to the bank. Yes, yes. So the the Foo Fighters uh, is what I uh, titled this, but uh, typically we leave we leave the the title uh, um, uh, piece, the crux of the of the episode towards uh, towards the end um uh just to tease it out a little bit um but i i wanted to discuss the silicon valley bank a little bit because i think this is uh this is a sign of something to come uh this is a, a pretty big 
thing. I mean, I, we have so many things to f- that's going on simultaneously. I mean, you have there's a a a case with uh Fauci and 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 his uh his uh vaccines and all these things going on that you know he might be criminally indicted for we we uh, there's a lot of things coming out in that cuckoo realm um but uh this uh this uh bank collapse of SVB i think uh, at least if you if you're with the Alex Jones conspiracy mind um it might be exactly what they need to uh do some kind of emergency crisis and whereby they have cuz apparently I, I mean I have to do more research on this cuz uh, I've been listening to a lot of like um uh, of different people especially in, in the Alex Jones realm and there was this lawyer who was um, describing um, something that happened in 2008 uh, with Obama. And he was saying that Obama actually has more uh, to blame for the 2008 crisis than we actually know. In what sense? Because actually the crisis... Because what happened what happened before his uh... right. So the thing is, what what they claim is that the crisis, as bad as it was, could have been like a slight road bump, like a bump in the road, um, because all they needed to do was you know fix the the mortgage issue, maybe um, uh, put more money into the banks to restructure their loans from balloon payments to something that's more fixed, right? There was ways that they could have attacked this problem that would that would help uh, more, provide more help than what was actually done. Which was actually done was big bailouts to mm-hmm. the banks and you know and you know big corporations. Now. According to this lawyer, he was saying that. And again, I still have to do more research, so I'll, I'll do I'll do a little bit more digging. But I just want to pull this, bring this up because I find it interesting. Is that he was saying that Obama, um, there was a there was something that needed to get passed. I forgot it was like a some kind of bill that needed to get passed, but it, there, in order for them to have the 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 ability to get that bill through, they need to invoke emergency actions, and whereby the 2008 crisis slotted right in to what they needed to get this bill through. Mm. And what he was saying is that what ended up happening was that 2008 turned out to be a gigantic money laundering scheme and whereby Obama made profits through some some kind of you know closed door dealings and through money laundering profits for himself for himself and along with along with whoever is lobbying for him and you know there's more to this report but this is from what I was hearing he has some culpability because 
apparently the the crisis could have been stemmed pretty pretty easily, but he made the crisis a lot worse. Um, let me see if I could just do bailing out the bank. Right. So I, if he I should have just let them fail, and that's it. Let's see. Did Obama make the 2008 crisis worse? Uh, good luck on finding that one. Yeah, let's see. Uh, cause, cause, what I'm hearing now is that the the whole uh, insurrection is yet again another some some kind of bill that they were trying to get passed, which they couldn't get passed. Unless this they opens had, the door. Unless they have emergency action power. And therefore, they need the insurrection to get the power to push this bill through. And Just like 9-11. Right. Open the door for the Patriot Act. So, let me see if I could... Uh, um, uh, it says, okay, so this is American Enterprise Institute... Um, it says here, Obama didn't end the Great Recession that Bush didn't cause. Um, it says, if you think George W. Bush's eco- economic policies caused the Great Recession and Barack Obama's ended it, then your election day decision is likely an easy one. But placing politics aside... I don't think the economic evidence supports that thesis. I've stated my reasons in bits and pieces across several blog posts. Maybe now would be a good time for a unified, though brief, rebuttal. Let's take uh, two strands of the argument and examine each. First, did Bush, Bushonomics cause the worst economic downturn and the financial crisis since the Great Depression? To make that case, you need to specify a policy causality or two or three and transmission channel but when you go down the list of usual suspects none of them pans out if it was the bush tax cuts um except lowering taxes increases demand um except lowering taxes increases demand and improves supply side incentives the only w- way this theory might be true if bond markets fear tax cuts will be inflationary or would hurt the ability of the U.S. to pay back its debts. So it wasn't the Bush tax tax cuts that caused the uh, the crisis. Was it was Bush's income inequality? Except a 2012 study, does inequality lead to a financial crisis? By the economics, uh, Michael Bordeaux and Christopher. Um, Meissner. I mean, uh, you don't have to read all this because I know what caused the crisis. Well, okay, so the, in my the, opinion, the crisis is is due to the the subprime mortgages. The crisis was that the economy, the American economy, was being held up by real estate. Right, but what he's alleging and, is that 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 wasn't. Uh, that's the narrative that they're pushing, mm-hmm. but the economic truth 
behind what's going on is that it there's more to the story. So so okay, so let's let's just read the, the top line here. It wasn't the uh it wasn't the Bush tax cuts. It wasn't the Bush uh income inequality. It wasn't Bush's uh budget uh deficit and it wasn't uh Bush's financial deregulation. Um so it says here uh, in the Great Recession, market failure or policy failure, Robert Hetzel, a senior economist at the Richmond Fed, pins the blame squarely on the U.S. Central Bank. The downturn first started with correction of an excess in the housing stock and a sharp increase in the energy prices. The housing bust and the oil shock. Those two things were enough, in Hetzel's view, to cause a moderate recession beginning in December 2007. But it was the Fed's monetary policy miscues after the downturn began that turned a run-of-the-mill recession into a once-in-a-century disaster. Not only did the Fed leave rates alone between April 2008 and October 2008, as the economy deteriorated, but the FOMC effectively tightened monetary policy in June by pushing up the expected path of federal funds rate through the hawkish statements of its members. In May 2008, federal funds futures had been predicting the rate to remain at 2% though no, uh, through November. By mid-June, that forecast had risen to 2.5%. As Hetzel writes in the Fed paper that inspired the book, restrictive monetary policy rather than uh, deleveraging in financial markets that had begun in 2007 offers more direct explanation of the intensification of the recession that began in the summer of 2008. And what ended the Great Recession? Was it an 800 billion Obama stimulus? As I pointed out, White House economists thought that the stimulus will help lead to roughly 5% unemployment and a 4% GDP growth in 2012. Instead, the U.S. economy is growing at half that pace and the unemployment is sharply higher, even before you account for the massive drop in labor force participation. So... I guess what they're what they're what they're saying is that the Fed has more to do with why the recession was so bad than the than what the true cause or what they pin the the cause of, of the of the recession, which is the subprime mortgages. I really think that, in my opinion, it was. The housing real estate was really like the the what was holding up the the economy and all these loans these these subprime loans that that were you know virtually given away to people that couldn't pay and then you had that nasty little uh um exchange in Wall Street where you can what do you call that when you can um 
invest in a company's failure. There's a, um, uh, what do you call it? the venture cap? Or no, venture capitalists are the people that invest in companies. No, it's a, that thing that from that movie, um, with Matthew McConaughey. Uh, which one? That he finds out that that you can you can invest in a company going bust. What do you mm. call that? Oh, um, when when you uh, uh, it's uh, I know what it's called. Oh man, it's on the tip of my tongue. Ah, uh. that that particular thing that that investors were doing, which is to um, Gonya, it's on the tip of my tongue. It's um, short to short it. Yeah. yeah. To short a stock. So people were were getting these loans that were that couldn't afford it. And then you had you had people shorting stocks and then while that's going on, you know, um you have people like Enron going under and it was a combination. I don't know if even I don't think anybody, anybody who would have been in the office, they couldn't that that was going to happen no matter what. Mm. Because as you very well showed me the other day, it's that fishing technique, right? Yeah. So I just quickly looked up like it, uh, the the bill that. Um, that they were saying that Obama's responsible for, I believe, was that bank uh, bailout bill. And I got to do a little bit more research, but it says it's something about um, Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson asked Congress to approve a bailout to buy mortgage-backed securities that were in danger of defaulting. By doing so, Paulson wanted to take these debts off the books of the banks, hedge funds, and pension funds that held them. His goal was to renew confidence in the functioning of the global banking system and end the financial crisis. Uh, the bill established Trouble Assets Relief uh, Program, which was originally designed around the reverse auction. Trouble uh, banks would submit a bid price to sell their assets to TARP, and each uh, auction was to be for a particular asset class. Um, in October 14, 2008, the Treasury Department used $105 billion in TARP funds to launch a capital purchase program, which uh, purchased preferred stock in eight leading banks. In eight leading banks, by the time TARP expired on October 3, 2010, Treasury had used the funds in four other areas. So, this right here, the they were getting this fund. For one thing, and they were using it for for other things, which Typical. is which is a clear sign that there was money laundering involved. And the person that I was listening to alleged that Obama had a clear hand in writing this thing, and he benefited financially through this. So I have to do a little bit more dingy on that, but I bring that up because of this whole banking, this SVB thing. I think it might be it's another tool and it might be another thing that they can use 
to the usher another yet another bill and this bill i think it has some it might even have something to do with this dc bill that they're that they're talking about but there's a bill that they're proposing that um is going to usher in the wave of central bank digital currency and i think they're using this because apparently there's something fishy about this SVB collapse because it was just a few days ago or like maybe two weeks ago where this guy, Jim Cramer, was telling everybody to invest yeah, he in was, SVB. He was like adamant about it. Right. So, and a lot of um, experts believed that SVB was perfectly fine like financially sound um but they there's some people some skeptics out there that believe that they were purposely brought down and the people on the inside knew about it because they pulled out a lot of their money through via bonuses uh i, I don't know if you've heard of this but the svb um uh, executives, they got bonuses right before they all got their bonuses right before their bank collapse. Well, from what I heard, they were like the SVB, which is the what do you call it? The um, Silicon Valley Bank. Mm-hmm. They were ordered to pay. Billions of dollars, I guess, that they owed or something. And that's what brought it down. So I, I, I'm not sure, but uh, this is a the Hill. They, they, they allege this as well. It says, uh, Janet yelling back. Uh, hold on, let me go back. Oh, this is the text here, so... It says, Yellen says banking system is strong in wake of Silicon Valley Valley bank collapse. The Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen addressed widespread concern in the U.S. banking system after the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank on March 10th. She argued that Americans should feel confident in the banking infrastructure is safe and sound. America economy relies on a safe and sound banking system, Yellen said in an interview with CBS's Face the Nation. Americans need to feel confident that the banking system is safe and sound. Okay, yeah, safe and sound, safe and sound. The failure of the bank sent shockwaves through the tech industry as many startup and tech companies relied on the bank for financing. Our own Shopify, which are the paramedshop.com was held on, is also using SVB Bank. Uh, but it doesn't, this little report here doesn't say specifically, but it says here, Silicon Valley Bank reportedly paid employees their annual bonuses just hours before federal regulators shut down the bank on Friday. 
Sources told CNBC that the bank had historically paid their bonuses on the second Friday of March and that their annual bonuses were in the works days before the bank collapsed on Friday. The report said that the bonuses were for work done in 2022, according to the sources. Federal regulators shut down Silicon Valley Bank on Friday, making it the biggest bank failure since 2008 recession. The Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, created a national bank of Santa Clara to hold deposits and other assets of the failed bank, whose closure has has caused ripples into the tech industry. A Bloomberg News analysis showed that 93% of the $161 billion deposited at Silicon Valley Bank is not insured by FDIC. The FDIC insures deposits, which I knew, up to 250000 I knew this because I, I worked for a bank, and we, ha- we were insured by the FDIC. Mm. And there were, this is something I had to memorize, that they only are covered up to $250,000 out of $161 billion. FDIC insures deposits up to 250000 Wow. But officials are looking into backstopping all deposits in the bank. So now I'm I'm leading you down uh, this report because well, look what Forbes says, right? Mm-hmm. Is of investors wiped out as bank run causes collapse of Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley Bank was collapsed, has collapsed, leaving many companies in the startup and tech sector worried about whether they will be able to make payroll this week. It comes as a result of a run on bank. It comes as a result of a run on bank with a liquidity crunch, meaning SVB was unable to access cash to meet withdrawals. So which means almost like the same thing that happened to that uh, Bitcoin dude. Exactly. FTX. Right. Exactly. Where they had more money or they, they were in loans and they had money in the bank. Right. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has ruled out a full bailout, saying that we're not going to do that again, which Obama did. Right. It's been, crazy. it's been a crazy few days for the banking industry, specifically uh, these commercials. Hmm. For Silicon Valley Bank and its shareholders, as it went from supposedly stable solvent to closed down by the regulators in the space of just over 24 hours, in a series of risk management management oversights, macroeconomic factors, and good old-fashioned rumor mill, Silicon Valley Bank went through a liquidity crisis, causing a bank run on their deposits. So now remember our good old friend, which we need to get a picture of him up here. Mr. Michael Rupert had warned us a collapse is coming. Right. A long time ago. Then this was after already 2008 financial crisis that he made this movie. Right. And he warned us a huge collapse is on its way. So this might be the... How do I? <laughs> Jade is commenting. 
King Clairvoyant, nice glasses. Well, thank you, Jade. <laughs> um, what I think is this is the 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 beginning, the very beginning of things to come. Mm. Why? We're prime. We're at a prime. Um. Uh, how do I say this? We're we're due for a big collapse because inflation is high. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, food cost, um, utilities, everything's expensive. Mm-hmm. People are relying, which is astonishing. People are paying bills with credit cards. Yeah. I did it. I did it, too. A lot of people are being sustained by credit cards. Yep. Right? So now um, the bills are coming in Mm -hmm. for the credit cards and the bills that they were paying Mm -hmm. with the credit cards, those are coming in. Yep. And then you had that that little um, thing that we call the Kuko. Mm-hmm. The Kuko made some homeowners go in. What do they call that? <laughs> the the many homeowners that are forbearance that are forbearance. Now the the chickens have come to roost. All you have to do, all American mass media has to do is to unplug their bananas from their ears, open up their eyes, and they can see it. So, there's a lot of components to this yes. that could lead to the collapse mm-hmm. of, of the economy. And this is just the beginning. This yeah. is just the beginning. So, I, I say this because... Um, uh, Infowars and Mr. Alex Jones and his crew of reporters, they claim to be tomorrow's news today, right? So this uh, this report that they that the, our favorite reporter, Mr. Greg Reese, he put up this report January first, twenty twenty three. Now this is before we knew anything about SVB, right? right? So check out what he has to say here. It's very fascinating because they're on to something here. And like the the woman said, they're not going to do a bailout, right? Janet Yellen? Right. They're not doing a they, bailout. Because they know that that worsens right. what the situation. What they're going to do now, what, what they're going to uh, explain is a bail-in. So there's a bailout and there's a bail-in. And they're saying that bail-ins are the way that they're going to ensnare us. Mm. Well, let me give a shout-out to King Clanvoyant. <laughs> uh, what is your comment on what's going on with SVB? <laughs> yeah, do you have anything to add? Uh, I don't know if she left right before I asked the question, but any at any rate... Thank you, King Clairvoyant, for for participating on the Pyramid Podcast. And you know, like always, if you participate to the and by commenting on the Pyramid Podcast, that makes you an honorary Verdugo. Yeah.
There you go. So let's see this report. All right. So this is Mr. Greg Reese. Uh oh. What happened? Uh. Canadian veteran and political activist Jeremy McKenzie, known as the Raging Dissident, was just notified that he can no longer do banking in Canada. As part of ending the relationship towards it today, um, you're not to visit any of the Scotiabank branches or bank premises in person without first getting uh, written consent in advance from the bank, from management. So I'm banned um, from the bank. But it doesn't matter if you are a political activist or an obedient sheep because the banks are planning on taking all of your money to pay off their debts. I mean, it's a little bit conflicted, right? I mean, it's important that people understand they can be bailed in, but you don't want a huge run on the institution. But, they ha- I mean, they're going to be. That's The FDIC currently has less than $200 billion in assets to insure over $9 trillion. That's just 1.3%. They know that a system collapse is coming, and they are already planning for... Imagine that out of the, uh, was it, uh, he said nine trillion. I didn't get that. FDIC currently has less than two. They're going to be. That's the FDIC currently has less than $200 billion. In- 200 billion. That's what they have in assets, right? To that's right. the FDIC. And listen how much the debt is. Assets. To insure over nine trillion. Nine trillion dollars of debt. So they have two hundred billion to insure nine trillion. Now you want to hear how is that insurance? You want to know how long it would take to pay off how many trillions? Nine. I think if you pay, right, and, and let's say you, you pay $200 billion a month, how long would it take you to get to $9 trillion? About 50 years. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. $200 billion divided by $9 trillion. Uh, is let's see 222 years <laughs> oh my god and I said 50 oh my god so if you think about it you said how much uh, a month uh, 200 billion so if you pay, check this out. If you pay a billion dollars a day, no, I'm sorry, that that was a miscalculation. So rather, it's forty five, forty five years. Sorry. Oh, so I was on point. Yeah. So about forty five years. It'll take you forty five years, paying at two hundred billion a month. Okay, but this is what I was gonna say. 
So let's say instead of you doing two hundred billion a month, you said, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah, you yeah, yeah. You do two billion a day. Okay. So two billion a day. Actually, let's make it one billion a day, which is seven billion per week, which is seven, fourteen, twenty one, twenty eight, which is twenty eight billion a month. So twenty eight billion divided by what is it? How many trillions? It'll be three hundred and sixty five billion dollars, right? A billion dollars a day, three hundred sixty five days. It'll be three. But no, let's break it down into a monthly basis. So, It'll be twenty eight billion a month. Yeah, yeah. twenty eight so, to thirty billion a month. Okay, so let's say thirty billion uh-huh. divided by how many trillions? Nine trillion. Divide that. See how many years it'll take. So thirty. Uh, so nine billion divided by nine billion. Where you mean? Where you get nine billions from? I mean nine trillion. Sorry, nine trillion divided by twenty-eight billion. Right, divided by thirty, because it's more thirty days than there at twenty-eight. Right. Right. So thirty. Well, by let's 30 say billion. Thirty billion times twelve is how much? So it'll be three hundred. Three hundred billion a year? No. So if 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 you have uh, nine trillion, divide that by thirty billion. That equals about three hundred uh, months. So three hundred divide that by twenty four equals twelve years. What do you mean? It's gonna. Cause, uh, <laughs> two two people that aren't into math doing math. <laughs> okay, so you're saying that there's nine trillion dollars, right, right? Total so, debt. So right. What I'm saying is by a, a billion dollars a day, which, which is, is twenty eight billion a month. No, it's thirty billion. There's thirty. More, well, we rounded it off to thirty. Right, because right? there's more thirty days than there are twenty eight. There's okay. only one month that has twenty eight days. Okay, so thirty billion. Right. Thirty billion times twelve is how much? Thirty billion times twelve. Three hundred and sixty billion. So you gotta divide how many three hundred and thirty three hundred and what? Sixty billion? Uh-huh. Nine trillion by three hundred and sixty billion. Uh Twenty five. Twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a billion dollars a, a day. day. But where are they gonna get this money? Because what I heard, the statistic I heard, uh-huh. if you pay a million dollars a day, mm-hmm. well a million dollars, forget it, you'll be paying Hundreds of years. Right. So if it was a million dollars a day and this debt was around the Roman times, Mm -hmm. like let's say um, 50 uh, B.C. or Mm -hmm. something like that, we will still be paying today. Yep. At a million dollars a day. At a million dollars a day. 
So, yeah, this is a big deficit here, but uh, let, let's finish up the report here. Oh. That's just 1.3%. They know that a system collapse is coming. 1.3% of the total debt. That's what they have to cover. <laughs> and they are already planning for bail-ins. As trust begins to fail, the people will begin to withdraw their funds which will only guarantee a banking collapse. Right. This is known as a bank run. In 2012, the International Monetary Fund, known for their reputation of coercion, violence, and extortion, published staff discussion notes entitled From Bailout to Bail-In, Mandatory Debt Restructuring of Systemic Financial Institutions. After the 2008 crisis, the world learned what a bailout is. Trillions of taxpayer dollars printed out of thin air to pay off the bankers' bad habits. It was hugely unpopular, but pales in comparison to a bail-in. So what exactly is a bail-in? It is officially obfuscated with elaborate equations. But to put it simply, it is when the bank steals your money directly from your account. They called it haircuts when they did it in Cyprus back in 2013 which the courts later ruled was legit. And a recent video on TikTok shows that the new bail-ins may have already begun. So I'm a Bank of America and everybody's missing money. I'm also missing money over $1,300 and they're telling me to call customer service. And, it, and they keep hanging up on people. This is another person here is also missing money. So we're trying to see what's going on. Money's missing today and we need our money. And they're already telling us to call customer service. And customer service ain't doing nothing about it. So just a heads up. If anybody's experiencing this, please let us know because this is is not right. I'm missing fourteen hundred dollars from this my is account. Bank of America. Me that there is no way they can help us. This guy's missing money too. This other person is missing money too. And this, you missing money too? There you go. So this is not something that's just one person. This is everybody's happening to them. And this is crazy. This is very crazy. Yes, Bank of America decided to take people's money without their consent. And we're asking what's going on, and they're giving us a runaround. Everybody for the same thing, man. Same thing. Reporting for Infowars. This is Greg Reese. So when yeah. it comes to something like that, that means that the bank, without your permission, just borrowed your money to pay some. What they're going to do is they're just going to take it. They're just going to take your money to pay oh, to pay man. off their debts. Imagine that's these- a bail-in because a bailout is the government bails them out a bail in is that they just they got the cash. money they already got the money so they'll take your cash to cover their and which you, is what they're doing basically anyway that's how they how banks earn money anyway they take your money yeah, and but, they do whatever they want with but, it um are you are you ever going to get your money back if you have money in the bank mm, or not, is that gone forever you'll get uh, central bank digital currency that is effectively like money, but it isn't the same. Wow. You'll get controllable money and uh, uh, either that or no money. <laughs> so they're just going to say you have to subscribe to this new uh, cryptocurrency, this new digital currency 
Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This thing is uh, getting pretty uh, crazy, but uh, uh, you heard the bell, so that means it's time for a break. Forum. I think there's a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are reluctant That's my to trouble. bring up. <laughs> Always. <laughs> All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I want less on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> then blow your head off, dude. I'm not going to do it. Nothing violent against you. Just shove a shotgun in your mouth and blow your brains out, buddy. Pour gasoline on yourself. Feed yourself into a wood chipper. Jump off a 50-story building. Just get out of my way. You want to kill people, big man? You like running your freaking mouth talking about it? I say God's going to step on you like a cockroach if you turn the lights on a good night. You want death, brother? You're going to get it. You like death? You're gonna get it. You understand that, you little piece of filth? From the people who brought you the Domestabot, we proudly present El Chamuco Roboto. It's the robotic future from south of the border. Politicians may demand illegal aliens leave the country, but I want a Mexican gardener I can ogle. El Chamuco Roboto. You little devil. The illegal immigrant mower who's also a robot. I used to pick up illicit gardeners at the Home Cheapo, but then the conservatives cracked down on our freedoms. Now I have the next best thing, El Camucho Roboto. Actually, that's El Chamuco Roboto. He can mow the lawn, if you know what I mean. Comes with six different attachments. Edges, clips, and mows special designs like a lightning bolt, landing strip, or danger, nasty infection ahead. My life will never feel empty and devoid of meaning again. El Chamuco Roboto really puts the patronizing racist back into patronizing racial stereotypes. Visit ElChamucoRoboto.com. I'm a brick. I was up all night long doing coke off a stripper's tits. How am I going to get ready for this presentation? With Wingit, the computer software that turns any empty, tedious meeting into an empty, tedious sales pitch. It's an electronic slideshow. Move up the food chain in your office and be a success. I never went to college or had any formal training, but thanks to Wingit software, I don't need it. I got slides with sound effects. All kind of crazy shit. Wing It utilizes an incredible revolution in business thinking. Bullet points, TM. Three words per page, TM. And of course, graphic representations of data, TM. Wow them with bar charts and bullet points, TM. Avoid open discussions or eye contact. They're so 20th century. You'll steal the show with Wing It software. Make ideas simple. If they ain't got a dope ringtone, you ain't about to get none of this hot ass. Take bling to the next level with audio bling. It's VIP luxury ringtones, including extreme tones like champagne, oppressive flatlining, 
impress strangers with a ringtone of two women going at it. Uh, 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 wow, that's dope. And VIP Luxury Ringtones is your exclusive spot to get the America's Next Top Hooker ringtone. VIP Luxury Ringtones, only 100 bucks. Be an individual. Get a VIP Luxury Ringtone today. Visit VIPLuxuryRingtones.com. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I always got to pull out some interesting commercials for our break segment. <laughs> so, as you can see, we have the sage and the Palo Santo burning. So, that means we're, we're, we're getting, getting towards the end of our show. That's right. So, let's get into the Foo Fighters. The Foo Fighters, yes. That's right. But before we do, just want to let everyone know that we are sponsored by the Paramin Supplements. And this is your Fortify Right here, he has the brain boost. We also got Optimal, which is our multivitamin. That's right. And we got a full bottle today because yes. finally they're in stock. They're in stock. Yes, they are. It's a hot item. Everybody wants That's right. Optimal. You got to get your Optimal, which are your multivitamin gummies, and they're very delicious. Don't eat them all at once, folks. Stick to your servings. Um, you don't want to over uh, do it, over supplementize yourself. But they're great supplements and they're very tasty. One a day, that's, that's right. All it takes. Uh, well, no, actually, they're both two a day, two gummies. Oh, it's two gummies. Yeah. I've been taking one a day. It's two gummies it's a two day. Two gummies. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you can have another one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's I just a little had surprise. One. So uh, that's a pleasant surprise. So now you have uh, also you have your flow, which is your uh, cordyceps mushrooms. Very good for your energy support. And then you have your Leo, which are your shaga mushrooms. Uh, I'm sorry. I was, <laughs> your Leo is your lion's mane mushrooms. Um, and then your, your thrive is your shaga mushroom supplements. So you can find all these supplements by going to the pyramid.com. That's the Pyramid, that's P-A-R-A-M-I-D dot com. And I remember this two a day. Yes. Very good. I mean, I I find them very easy to, to chew, very easy to, you know, they're very tasty to me, and they're mushrooms. I mean, you're not going to, I mean, let read off some of the, could you read some of the mushrooms that they got in there? Let's see. What is that? Oh, oh. We're getting a, a call. We got an incoming. I missed it, unfortunately. Oh, no. Who is it from? Uh, our boots on the ground. Oh, we had a call from the boots on the ground. I'm connected to the roadcaster? You should be, yes. Let me see. Yes, you are. All right. <laughs> Play his song. Hello. Hello. We got a surprise visit from the warlord. 
Welcome, Warlock, right, to the Pyramid right. Podcast. <laughs> How's the road today? Oh, I'm not there yet, but I'll, I'll be there. Well, the road is from my house to the job. <laughs> I'm mm. already I'm there. Well, we're getting blasted over here with a nor'easter. We got rain, hey, sleet, hey. snow, all kinds of good stuff going on over here. Remember, remember, winter is coming. That's what uh, next talk. I'll be twenty. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I heard. I hear that in some places they're going to be like two two feet of snow. Yeah, the the further you go up east, northeast. So, like, if you're going towards Worcester, um, Greenfield, the Boston area. There and the Berkshires are there. They're gonna get slammed about two feet of snow. Hmm. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You guys have to like uh, uh, toughen up up there. Oh yeah, yeah, there. yeah, definitely. We did our shopping beforehand, so we're prepared. Yeah, I got a little oh. map here of the areas that they're yeah. gonna be blasted with snow here. So it's mostly the Northeast. You got New York. Maine, uh, Massachusetts. Yeah, I see that upstate New York got blasted because uh, my sister-in-law was sending pictures, and they're getting blasted over there as mm. well. So, Mr. Warlock, what's the good word? What do you got? Anything to enlighten us? Sometimes uh, we're in this in this uh, time and age, all we have is. Gloom. <laughs> gloom, doom, and doom and gloom. <laughs> doom and gloom. <laughs> well, it's funny because you caught us at the at the right time because we were about to reveal something that is uh, 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 something that is a, of interest to this podcast of everyone on this call, and that is the UFO question. Are they really here? Yeah, so uh, there's been a bombshell report. I don't know if you've heard of it, uh, Mr. Warlock. Um, this guy named by the name of Jeremy Corbell had released sure. a foot, a uh, 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 still image of a clear still still image of a UFO. Oh, really? Yes, and he says that uh, he saw the the footage of it and it's it's uh hd it's an hd footage of uh alien that's high definition for us uh dinosaurs <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so they they have hd footage finally of with military surveillance uh, uh equipment of uh, a UFO, but not just a UFO, but as uh, today's title, this is episode number 39, today's title is The Foo Fighters, and uh, it looks like they actually found a Foo Fighter. They have captured a Foo Fighter, uh, what is described by those World War, World War II Pilots, these round orbs, right? That they called the foo, this spherical orbs that they called the Foo Fighters that were following these uh, planes that were doing crazy things. 
Well, they caught it on camera. Well, it's funny that you you know you're about to show this video, but I also heard, and I put it on the Trello, that in Mexico by the Popacatepe volcano, there are people snapping pictures of triangle crafts going in and out of the volcano. So that's been a big, yeah. been a big thing that's been buzzing about these crafts coming in and out of the volcano. But as the warlock very well knows that UFOs, aliens, it's a common practice. It's a common thing for people in Mexico. Like you talk to them about it. They're like, yeah, we see them. Like they, they conform. To it. But uh, one question, oh, oh, Pablo over here, hey, that footage has has it made it to the mainstream media? Well, the foot, well, the the footage hasn't been released yet. Uh, it's just a still image, and I believe Jeremy Corbell has been doing as much as he could to get this out there to the media. I believe. Well, he was on Russell Brand's show. Uh, to reveal this, but he also has his own podcast that he was uh, mentioning this and released this uh, still image. Um, and I believe he has been going on a media run. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many news organizations or where he went, but he has been uh, 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 raising the red flag on this. This thing is here. This thing is like uh, uh, there's no uh, denial. This thing, if, if it's not extraterrestrial we have uh, we have been uh, meddling with some technology that is like 10,000 years into the future so right. if, it, if it's not uh, from the uh, from another world from other world and if it's our this is like something this is like huge when this is being when this is Released to the public as official that is ours. Mm-hmm. This is going to be like unbelievable. Yeah. So what? What? What's also unbelievable about this uh, still image is that this was taken in a conflict area, in a conflict zone, um, which I believe it was Iran, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. But why? Why that? Why this is important is because. They now have definitive proof because of all the people that were firing on it because this was restricted airspace. So now they know it's not ours, it's not Russia's, it's not China's, then whose is it? Well, it's funny that you're talking about this because there's been a lot of footage shot in in the Middle East, especially where there's conflicts in the Middle East. Mm. You know, there's been videos of these crafts coming, you know, even in the in the Afghanistan United States skirmishes, mm-hmm. you see crafts that come and the Afghanis thinking it's an American mm-hmm. craft 
begin to fire upon them, and you see these weird maneuvers that these crafts do. Mm. Same thing has happened in Syria. Mm. Same thing has happened in Turkey. So there's, I don't know. I, a lot of people believe, especially the people that are in the know, especially the UFO nuts, mm-hmm. say that disclosure will never happen. But I think we're at the brink of disclosure. I think so, too. Um, and and if uh, if the warlock, uh, have you heard of the, the documentary Thrive? Uh, no, no, maybe not. I don't think Okay, well, um, soon we're gonna be ha- we're gonna have the full documentary available on our website. That's thepyramid.com. and you'll be able to watch one of these. This documentary, Thrive, which is a very eye-opening documentary, which goes into something called torrid structures. Uh, a torrid structure is uh, a good way to describe it uh, visually as like a, a, a donut. Um, uh, and that shape um, is it basically can, it encompasses all things. You see that donut shape in, in atoms. You see that donut shape in the magnetic um, uh, poles of the earth and how the... the uh, the uh, magnet, the magnetism uh, circulates around the Earth. It forms like this right. torrid donut type shape, right? It's even in uh, atmospheric, right? And it, and even in the the shape of the universe has that torrid structure shape. Um, and this Thrive documentary, with great detail, says that the main purpose, the main reason that they keep UFOs away from us and the reason they hide this and the reason that they don't want most people to know isn't uh, because they don't think we can handle it or all the things that, that they claim. It's it's something so stupid, but it makes so much sense. And it's the thing that we always say, money. <laughs> right? It, it's money. The reason they don't tell us about the UFOs is because if we were to know about these UFOs that exist, then the public has the knowledge that, wait a minute, how do these things run? How do these UFOs work? Well, they work off torrid structures. Torrid structures... Uh, create what is known as free energy, which was what Nikola Tesla was searching right, for. Right, right. And because this technology, this UFO technology, runs off of free energy, this completely shatters the economic structure of, of oil. Right. Um, right. Energy of oh, all energy. I see what you're getting, uh, Pablo. Uh, what what's going is what's happening is that I mean, uh, looking at it from the different point, but something that we've known for a long time. Uh, 
if they reveal that if they make a full disclosure on the UFO phenomenon, then that may free, that could be a potential free energy for the entire Earth. Right. Well, this but is it, the way I look at it. If they um, divulge the information that yes, um, UFOs are here, then we as a people are gonna demand. Well, if they if they traverse the universe, right, using this Torah technology, well, then why are we using oil? Right. Why are we using batteries? We want this. And supposedly the the way this thing works is very ingenious because the way this Torah structure and he he explains how it works is that the Earth has like a magnetic um, field around it, right? So these devices somehow tap into this magnetic field and harmon uh, and harmonize with the field and thereby extracting energy from the space around that we live. Like it just extracts energy right from, so the earth is creating energy in abundance right from the magnetic field. Well, they're, they're like the biggest, uh, not big, but the biggest cover up. One of the reasons for this big cover-up is that whether whether it's ours or uh, or quote quote theirs, the 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 outcome is the same. The reason that this is not being uh, released fully to the public is because of that free energy. Right. So. Right, and in the Thrive documentary, he, he equates to what Nikola Tesla was working on, exactly. and, and, yeah. and supposedly what you know he the way the the machine works is it extracts electricity right from the air, right? And apparently he he finished his product. He showed J.P. Morgan, which was his benefactor. He said, look, this is a device. He's like, fantastic. How does it work? He turns it on. He shows him it extracts energy right from the air. He goes, J.P. Morgan goes to Tesla and he says, okay, but how do we, you know, strap a meter onto it? How do, right, we, how do we monetize? How do, I, how do we monetize? And he's like, well, you can't. It doesn't work that way. It literally comes from the air of everything around the device, so it's not really something that could be metered. And from that statement, you know, state, uh, Tesla's uh, demise began, and his factory got um, caught on fire, and Tesla wound up dying penniless. Poor. Poor. So because he wasn't able to find a way to monetize this free energy. Because the train of thought would be, right, if you, the way that J.P. Morgan could have monetized this was, like, each individual house would need to get that device to extract the energy from the air. But that's a one-time purchase. Right. And they want planned obsolescence. 
They want it so that you purchase something and this thing eventually disintegrates or falls apart or, you know, it doesn't work after a few years. You have to buy a new one or sort something like what Steve Jobs does with uh, right Apple. With Apple. And then again, J.P. Morgan is not a stupid man. He says you put slap a meter on on the electricity, you know, and you're going to pay that perpetually forever. Right. So where, you know, that's money coming in perpetually for the rest of his life and generations ahead. Right. Which happens. Right. But if you... Thank you for, go ahead. I'm sorry to cut you off, but before I forget, I wanted to mention something to you guys. And uh, I think I uh, mentioned it uh, here, but let me see if Pablo has heard, heard of these uh, rumors. But I think I heard, I think I saw it on uh, one of the documentaries on, uh, about uh, uh, Tesla. I think it was Tesla was that one of the, these, uh, how he became uh, to discover a lot of his uh, uh, inventions was due to some type of, uh, I, I, some of them, not all of them, but some of them, that he uh, had some dreams in which that he, that he had traveled uh, like, to outer space and that he also was like somehow got some messages uh, from uh, some uh, entities outside the earth. Yeah, so I believe I, it. I believe that. But have you heard? Uh, did, you watch, did you see anything, or have you watched anything about? Well, what I've heard that? is that Tesla would have uh, like a, a bowl, a, a bowl of water, and he would just stare at that bowl of water, and ideas would would come to him. Right. That's was. was by the way, another person that used to stare at the bowl of water, guess who it was? King Jaded. <laughs> no, I mean... Who? Just... Jade. Oh. No. Um... Oh, that, that is playing. That is playing a lot of things. You, know, you, know, you never know. Nostradamus. Oh, that's another one. Nostradamus used to look at most of his quatrains mm. were... Um, the, was um extracted or written by him looking at a bowl of water. This is how he would see the future mm. by looking at a bowl of water. So, well, that has that that also that phenomenal that, that procedure has been depicted in uh, movies, like you know certain type of uh, sci-fi movies. That's how they do. And, well, when they are like evil people, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They they rely on that type of uh, uh, the crystal technology. ball type of thing. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. So but listen, guys. Going back before I forget, real quick. Uh, before uh, we were talking about UFOs and things like that. Uh, we need uh, we need to have uh, make make it a habit. Of having with us a camera, a disposable camera or a good camera, so that because I have a feeling that we're gonna regret. Because you know how we always look into the night sky yes. all day, all night, and a phone, a 
itself will not to make uh maybe too much. It's not really that great. No, it, to take you make a great point. Because you know what? The other day, uh, I'm driving. I'm uh, and I recently I, I don't know it's been because we live in Massachusetts and and we might be close to some uh air force base or or some some uh army bases around here maybe um but i've been really i've been startled recently since moving up here to mass cuz i've been seeing a lot of fighter jets um one day i'm 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 on break from lunch and i am uh, my uh car shakes i hear a, a bang and i'm like what the hell was that and I look, and it's a it's a, a fighter jet did like a sonic boom, like it was, it shook the car, and, and it, it it seemed very low. But on, on this particular drive uh, uh, home, I'm looking, I'm driving on the highway, I'm looking up like I normally do, and, and I see two fighter jets, completely no noise. I don't hear a single sound from both of these fighter jets, just flying. Right along uh, the the highway, and I'm like, oh shit, because I want to take. I'm, I've, I've been taking videos of all the jets and stuff that I see, and I'm like, oh shit, and I'm and, and I'm driving. I'm trying to get my phone before I even had the chance to record a fighter jet. Jai was gone. It was out of view. I can't even imagine a UFO that is that puts the fighter jets like like. An abacus. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you this. Another phenomena that I that happens with the cell phone is that the camera is not powerful enough as far as uh, the zoom. Oh, that's another thing. So the other issue is that when you zoom in, it's hard to even track the thing. Because now you're like, okay, where's the freaking? You see, you can see the object, but when you zoom in, it it's hard to stay locked on the damn thing, right? And uh, you know, because in comparison to our human eyes, the phone camera is so inferior, right? Now the reason I say this is the other day, I'm driving, and I see the moon. This thing looks. Like it's gonna, like I'm gonna crash into it. <laughs> this huge freaking moon is in the sky, and it looks so beautiful, pale yellow, but it looks huge. Like it, I felt like it was taking the whole sky. Wow! So I pull out my camera, and I'm like, man, this is gonna take. This is gonna be one of the best photos I ever put up on Instagram. I take a photo of it. And the moon looks like a dot. <laughs> yes, yes. It looks like a so, freaking dot. So it goes to show you that everybody has a camera in their pocket, but the cameras are weak. Yeah. So you need a good not, camera you know, on hand at all times. Yeah. And I have a feeling... I have a feeling that if we don't uh, uh, take a, uh, uh, you know, if we uh, uh, sleep on it, we're gonna, we could easily miss a good opportunity because I have a feeling that we one of these days we're going to be looking up at the, up, uh, uh, into the night 
outside, day or night, and there's going to be that particular day, there's going to be that, uh, that UFO that we are like, oh, my God. And then now we don't have no proof. And not only and, not only it, it's good to have a camera for UFO, but it's also good to have, especially for you and I, you know, because you're on the road all the time, and so am I. And sometimes we get off the beaded path, and we end up like in the boondocks, right? And we might see something cryptid, you know, like something like raise up from the ground, goes above the tree line, and it looks like <laughs> something like what you saw, right? Yeah, yeah. And, not- you know, I don't think that a cell phone camera is going to give it justice. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is that with a cell phone, there's, there's like, time-sensitive, it's very time-sensitive uh, 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 technology. You know, you, you got to go grab it. You have to, like, uh, you know, it's a lot of uh, little steps. To get it like to where you want it to, to, what you want it to be done, what what you want to do with it, it's a lot of little uh, time timing uh, 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 it's, it's of the essence, you know. Mm. Well, so, um, but I also have a feeling. I I strongly have a feeling also that one of these days, somebody, the least expected person, one of these uh, little <clears throat> not what. One of people, one one of those guy people, just like me and you, like uh, like you and I, I mean, mm. like you guys, that is going to uh, 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 come up with like a little proof, like he's going to come up and take a picture or do something that is going to be like, whoa, you know, mm. he's going to make a big into the news. Well, so I mean, look at look at the way the 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 spy balloon, the Chinese spy balloon came. Such big news. Just somebody happened to see it. Exactly. And and, and I'm, 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 I strongly believe that we need to, like, be uh, more, like, prepared. Mm. So that's my so, conundrum. My, my, my worry is, okay, I, I have a feeling that we're, I'm, I'm constantly looking in the skies. And every time I hear a sound, I'm like, <gasps> but then I, I, I one on one hand, I'm like, why am I worried if I hear a sound? Because these UFOs don't make any sounds, right? So I shouldn't be worried about any sounds. But even still, like I'm. Uh, well, remember, a lot of these UFOs they they do this humming, mm. this sub. What do they call it? Like subsonic humming hum. sound. So I don't. I I've been like wondering to myself, like, okay, what happens? Because I have seen some UFO phenomena. I haven't recorded it, but I have seen some, like, dancing stars in the sky that, like, to me is like... Like the other day we saw the satellite, remember? Right. Or or what we thought was a satellite that turned out to be... No, that was the day we called Warlock. Right, we right. we thought it was um, the, the pro... The rock. Right, yeah, right. Big, but I'm talking about the day you were cooking, and I told you, Jerome, come and see, come and oh, see yeah, the satellite. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. And we saw a streak across the sky. Right. You know, that, I, 
I was kind of sure that it was a satellite, you know, at the way it was traveling. But I, you know what I always, by the way, this is scary. Mm. This is, I find this so terrifying is that you're driving, right? You're driving your car or walking. Mm -hmm. It's even more terrifying if you're walking in a heavily wooded area, right? Mm -hmm. And you see like a craft and the lights peeking through the trees, like making ruffling sounds. And you look at this light and it's a craft like nestled hovering within the tree line and you see this thing now way up in the sky the way you know most ufos are viewed right but imagine a ufo like at tree level just peeking through the trees i think that will be fucking terrifying <laughs> well it's funny that um that we're on this topic because uh my mother had brought this up to bring this on the cast. Have you heard of the Bridgewater Triangle? I have, but I'm not. I, I have heard of that, but but not, but not. I will not be able to give the details about what, what, it. What's the Bridgewater Triangle? So I, I have it here. The Bridgewater Triangle is an area of about 200 square miles within southeastern Massachusetts in the United States claimed to be a site of an alleged paranormal phenomena ranging from UFOs to poltergeists, orbs, balls of fire, and other spectral phenomena, various Bigfoot-like sightings, giant snakes, and thunderbirds. The term was coined by New England-based cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman and it seems like it's in this section I'm not too familiar of Bridgewater East Bridgewater Whitman uh, oh that's where I told you that this guy he saw a UFO and they made a, a, a monument remember I showed you uh, the monument it's oh. in that triangle Oh, really? Yeah. And now, you know, they want to take the, the 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 monument to the UFO. They want to take it out and he's um protesting it. Mm. That's in it, that's within that bridge uh, Bridgewater Triangle. That's wild. So, yeah, if you want to see a UFO, maybe this might be an area. Um I also had a coworker of mine that I want to get him on the cast, who seemed to have uh, seen a UFO himself that he said kind of looked like a, almost like a sombrero, like a like a, a domed thing in the middle with like a like a round, like almost saucer type of look to it. He's, mm. uh, he said it frightened him because he was like on a family drive. And he just happened to look over, and it was just this huge craft hovering over the lake, which he he was terrified by. So this thing is gonna come out one way or another, and uh, I, I just I, I I'm constantly worried because uh, like I had 
my dreams tend to be a little bit predictive uh in 2019 because i have like a little like a uh, journal i write down some dreams because I, I don't dream very often but when i do dream i write it down and uh in 2019 i had dreamt of some kind of major collapse uh it was like a huge it was like day after tomorrow in this dream and that was in 2019 i couldn't make sense of it what was going on then COVID happened and a lot of the what I remembered from the dream and what I wrote down all started making sense and it, like certain things. So I've been recently getting dreams of UFOs. Now, it could be that I've been doing a lot of research on them. But again, I don't dream very often. And when I do, I listen. It's like Joe Biden says, it's top of mind, man. <laughs> I totally understand. I just, I just explained she was on top of mind, uh, um, you know, and she was a top of mind. <laughs> <laughs> it's top of mind, man. <laughs> so I've been having a lot of these uh, dreams about seeing these UFOs. Now, my my thing is that once we do, let's say I think what's going to happen is it's not going to be a moment where. I'm going to have to reach for my phone and be like, oh, can I can I snap a picture of it? I think it's going to be just blaring out loud and proud this big UFO mothership type thing. And if that like uh, Independence Day and, and if that happens, what do we do? Do we panic? Uh, do, we, do we not panic? That's well, what we're waiting. Uh, that's gonna be that's the excitement. That's what we're waiting for. Yeah, but then what? Okay, so okay, we see it, but I've always <laughs> I posed this question to your mother. The question is: You wake up one morning, right? On the TV, breaking news: huge mothership hovers over Arizona. The mothership is the size of two football fields. Do you go to work? That's a, that's a great question. I, 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 that's a good question. That's a good scenario right there. And there, there's a there's a Netflix show that that's about something of that nature. Have you have you seen it? Um, no, I haven't. But it's it's a question that like you're about to you're about to pay your car note. You're about to pay your electricity bill your gas bill, and possibly order half a tank of oil, and now you're seeing this thing, this craft, you're like, am I going to pay this fucking bill? Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) Am I going to go to work? Fuck that. And now comes the crucial questions for you Bible thumpers out there. Am I going to go to church on Sunday <laughs> knowing that? Well, I think I'll, that would be the first place I, I, I'll go to, right to the Bible. Or right See? to church, be like, God forgive me. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know, but uh, there's, a, um, there's a Netflix show. I believe it's called Another Life. Yeah, yeah, it's called Another Life, where that's exactly the plot. There's, there's uh, some artifact some ufo thing that that landed on earth nobody knows how to communicate with it 
But, you know, life goes on like normal. People go still to their jobs. It's just now that there's this UFO craft that landed and we're still trying to figure it out what it is because it hasn't done anything. So we're just like team of scientists are just trying to figure this thing out. And they're like, hmm, what could this UFO be? It landed. It didn't crash landed. You know, so like and as the more they probe like the in the show, they were like, um, uh, trying to figure out like what is it to get this thing to to do anything, and they were playing music. They were and somehow the music uh resonated with the thing, and it started like um like reflecting and doing things. And that oh, all... I've seen this show. This is not a new show. It's a no. I it's don't... been on for a while. Yeah, for a little for a little yeah, while. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this show that it reacts to music. Right, and then like he goes in there, and he has some kind of com- communication with this alien thing, but like he's not entirely sure how he gets this information. It's just like gets downloaded into his mind, or it, it's a very interesting thing. But what like like what happens is in the show, the thing lands, and people just working like it's a new story that's popping up. Like- I highly. <laughs> Highly doubt that something's gonna be hovering the size of two football fields, and people are gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go make some fucking pizza right now." <laughs> I highly well, doubt. Now, 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 what would you do if you, we get a, a God forbid, knock on wood, God forbid, but let's say we get this notification that. Russia throws a or there's a nuclear miss, uh, missile inbound, and this UFO comes in and knocks it out into orbit. What do we do? Do we celebrate the thing? Do we? I'll celebrate the <laughs> fact that it, it, it. I'll celebrate the fact that it deflected the the, the because nuclear. that's what these things have been known to do. They apparently what they're doing. Uh, one report said that. Um, a UFO goes around the 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 whole warhead, like scanning it from the top, and then on the bottom, shooting beams of light all around it, and then it gets knocked out into orbit. That that's happened in in military recently, in like tests and stuff that they've been knocking out nuclear uh, warhead, not nuclear, but warheads. But guys, what? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Uh, I'm not the. Uh, at a different uh, stop over here that I gotta uh, get going on different uh, uh, work work related issues. Uh, I see, but, I see. Well, but, I appreciate guys, we appreciate you calling definitely. But but now that we are talking, I'm gonna leave you with this thought. Uh, now that I'm leaving, now that I'm uh, saying goodbye for today, I'm gonna leave you with one thought about uh, this uh, UFO thing. Mm. The question is. What if you had a choice? What if the the, the uh, we this thing was big? And I'm talking about big. I think like we interact with aliens, and we become like uh, uh, one or two years into it, we become like, hey, they're here. But what if they tell you you want to take a ride? <laughs> Will you take it? Mm. Will you go? Will you leave Earth? Will you leave Earth? That's that would be. That would tear me up. What a fucking so, decision. I'll leave you guys with that thought. To, uh, <laughs> to think a, about that. 
Yeah, World that's a War, tough like, one. thank you for making this call. <laughs> I appreciate you calling us here at the Pyramid Podcast. <laughs> uh, I know what you're getting at. <laughs> well, before get it, before get it before you go, we gotta put on some exit music. <laughs> we'll put on your your little uh, theme song. Theme song. This was the warlock coming from Tampa, boots on the ground, southern United States. Oh, oh, but wait, wait. There's something else that we got to do. Um, because you called into the cast, this makes you an honorary. You're a verdugo. Verdugo. You are one of the first verdugos. <laughs> he should get a badge. <laughs> yeah. You're up All there. right. Yeah, we have All three right. we have three badges. The headsman, the oathbreaker, and the inquisitor. <laughs> well, <The> heavy wars. <laughs> 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 All right, Mr. Warlock, we'll leave right. you with the theme song. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Uh, sorry about that. Here we go. All righty. All right, Mr. Warlock. Right. Until the next time. That's the big, uh, the, the, the initial call is uh, the introduction. The goodbye will be Golden Earring, the Twilight Zone. Ah, okay. <laughs> you got All it. All right, guys. All right, have a good one, guys. You too. Right. Have a good one. So, so so we're at the final uh, uh, bit, but I wanted to still play because we never got to the to the revelation of the Foo Fighter. So you ready? I'm ready. All right. I think our audience has been waiting long enough for this. So let's do it. See it first on Rumble. Jeremy, stay free with Russell Brand. See it first on Rumble. Jeremy, what is the Mosul Orb? And tell us, is this a particularly significant sighting? Yeah, it's it's really significant that it was. So it's called the Mosul Orb. That's his, uh, mm. the current name for the Foo Fighter. Able to be seen by the public, so let me be very abundantly clear. There are these orbs, these spheres. You said Foo Fighters, which all the way back to World War II, you have these metallic spheres that are traversing our um, restricted or, or war zone or combat areas. And what happens is, through all of these decades, None of them ever have come out from military film until now. I was able to obtain this image, which, by the way, was from a classified briefing about UFOs or what they call UAP, Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. That's the true definition now. And I was able to obtain it and release it. And this image is the first time the world is ever seeing one of these UAP from a conflict zone. Now, why is this important? People were laughing when I said it about a year ago until they start understanding that it's true, which is that we sometimes shoot at these unknowns. We shoot at them, but not just us. We also know that Russia and Syria fire upon the same units, the same objects, which means it's not theirs. 
So whose is it? Now, this image, the Mosul orb, is from northern Iraq. Luckily, I was able to obtain it and, and release it. But here's the deal. It is from within a classified briefing. What was that classified briefing? That classified briefing, which was authored by a man named Jay Stratton, who, who ran the UFO programs for the United States for a while, he put it in there to educate pilots and aviators and our war fighters. Hey, this is what we're seeing. This is one of those UFOs. You should and can report it. We're not going to call you cuckoo. We get it. We see it on radar. We want to know more about it because if we shoot at these, if we shoot at these in conflict zones and we don't know whose they are, we could misidentify and have a fight between two countries because we're shooting at UFOs. This happens on a daily basis. Our pilots are seeing these orbs. Now, they're also pyramid in shape. They're also cubes with spherical auras, which is reported by pilots. So what you're seeing is an image they don't want you to see. It's from a video. They don't want you to see it. So the Pentagon is sitting there right now like, hmm, what do I do? Jeremy just released an image. We know it is from a classified briefing. It is of a UFO, and we designated UFO, and it's in a classified briefing. What do we do? Do we Are we honest to the public? That's what they're thinking. So right now, Susan Goh, who's a woman who's the, the spokesperson at the Pentagon, is trying to figure out what to say. And right now she says, I have nothing for you. I mean, she says that to mainstream media. She says that to independent journalists. Well, they do got something for you. They got a four-second video that they can release to the American global public. So I'm pushing, I'm pushing, trying to put gasoline back onto this fire, make sure that they try to put out in the right way to the American and global public what this is. This is a UFO, man, straight up. They've made sure it's not a balloon. They made sure it's not a satellite. If you ever see the video, which I hope you do, it moves from the right side of your screen to the left. It is under intelligent control, and it is not ours. It is not China's. It is not Russia's. This is not a balloon. This is this is an intelligent-controlled machine that is advanced, and we don't know who it's from. Jeremy, do you have a... So, what do you think? That's interesting. Is that the orb I'm seeing right That's there? That's the orb. Yep. Interesting. The Mosul orb. The Foo Fighter. Wow, we're very close to disclosure, and I'm ready for it. Mm. I'm ready. Well, that's uh, coincidentally Stephen Greer's new documentary is called Disclosure. I'm sure he's going to allude to some of these torrid structures that we were uh, enlightened by with the Thrive documentary. Look for it soon on thepyramid.com. Um this will be only available to paid subscribers, but paid subscribers you can only you could be a paid subscriber by paying just one dollar a month. So uh, it, it's not a whole lot, but uh, yeah, this is going to be uh, something interesting. I don't know. This is going to be interesting. Uh, I'm a little worried. My dreams don't uh, don't paint this good picture, and and I, I well, I hate. Can to you say, hold that thought? I will be right back. Uh, All right. Uh-oh. You have to pee? Yes. <laughs> uh, the coffee. The, it's the coffee. It's the, the coffee. coffee is running right through you. All right. So with that, we'll leave you with a nice little break. Thank you. 
From the Nebuchadnezzar, it's your hosts, Ernesto and Pablo Moreno! Welcome to the most banned podcast throughout the internet. Broadcasting to you live from the Nebuchadnezzar, it's the Pyramid Podcast! Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. So, uh, this is the final segment of the podcast, and this means it's time for us to acknowledge our our producers, our 
community, and we call them. Uh, uh, we call them. Bolongo. <laughs> we love you. We love you out there. One so, more time. Let me hear that. Bolongo. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, going on our uh, Instagram. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. So, since last week. We have grown three new followers. So All we've right. been we've been consistently growing at about three to four, five followers a week, something around there. Um, so let's add this to, to the stream. Marco Swappy, you are a. Oh, sorry, you are a. Bolongo. <laughs> <laughs> Christina Floriano, two thousand nine, you are a. Bolongo. <laughs> and pontoon, pontoons, you are a Bolongo. <laughs> and let's see here. Uh, we'll see if we got any good messages uh, from. Oh, oh, we got something here. Oh, looks like we got some. Re recomiendo que. Confunden Van Lera, es la grande maestra en. I wonder if you can. Yeah, let's see. I'm going to have to see if I can translate these. El grande replicado consiste. All right, here we go. I, ha I highly recommend that you. Confuse Fanny Van Lair from Institute Bioflow. Hmm. hmm. Uh, we get a lot of followers from Brazil, huh? Yeah, I'm wondering what that's all about. Um, let's see here. I'm wondering why. What is with? Us in Brazil. I mean, I hope they understand us. Uh, well, again, we have... They're really into ovnis. Mm. She is a great master in conscious breathing and emotional reframing. Ah. Mm. That must be pertaining to an ultimate ohm. Ah, maybe. Let's see here. Huh. So he sent us this Instagram user. Vamos a hacer un vivo sobre mi práctica matinal de de respiración. Algunos ejercicios. Voy a esperar que se anoten las personas. Pero como eso va a quedar grabado, entonces voy a explicar un poquito. Buenos días, Fabián. Un placer que estés ahí. Vamos a esperar un poquito, pero mientras tanto voy a voy a explicar un poco lo que lo que vamos a hacer. She's speaking Spanish, is she not? Algunos ejercicios mm -hmm. de respiración, los más básicos, los más clásicos, los que más solemos necesitar en la en la vida. Entonces eh, eh, siempre primero vamos a buscar eh, una postura. Hmm. Well, this is somebody that we're going to have to look into. Fanny Va Valen 
official. She has about 4,000 followers. Fanny Van Lair. Hmm. Hmm. She's obviously uh, does some breathing exercises. Yeah, it seems like. Um, Bioflow. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we thank you for the recommendation. And uh, for that, you get the honorary... <laughs> and that's as far as what we got here on our Instagram. Do you have any uh, body in? Um, well, of course we got King the Tox, King Clairvoyant. Oh, you are all. We have a good gravy. He tuned in today. Oh, so you are all? <laughs> then we have Greggy Amberg. He also tuned in briefly. Bobolongo. Bobolongo. <laughs> and we have GMPR. He's also a Bobolongo. And then we finally have I'm Just Ray. He's up. Bobolongo. <laughs> Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. And remember, all it takes is to do a little donation. Articulo numero uno. No le des plata. <laughs> That's the only thing that qualifies you as being a Boalongo is you're not donating to the cast. So please, if you're listening to us, please donate. I'm saying, how you think a nigga's supposed to get this shit? This shit don't money don't grow on trees. She don't fire the sky. Come on, man. Jose, how you think a nigga's supposed to get this shit? They shit don't, money don't grow on trees. She don't fall out the sky, nigga. So we have reached the final segment, and that is... Turn off the light, take a deep breath, and relax. Like to finish with ohms. This is not a cultural religion. It's just ohms. Okay, we're going to relax our breath. This is a meditation pose, lotus pose, whatever you want to call it. Don't be afraid of your own voice. You're in your house. Make some sound. No one cares. You're basically massaging the central nervous system, which, trust me, needs massaging. All right, Bobolongos. 
Verdugos and Willipool. We're gonna do an ultimate ohm to get rid of all negative energy. Evoke positive energy and bring in love, prosperity, and happiness into our lives. So with that said, on the count of three, we're gonna start our own. One, two, three. Episode number 39. That's right. Ernesto Morado. And I am Pablo Morado. And always remember if the the universe universe is infinite, infinite, then so are the possibilities. That's right. Peace. Thank you for tuning in. May you have a prosperous, happy, loving week. We will see you next Tuesday at the same time, same channel. Again, we thank all of our Obolongos, Verdugos, and we even thank the Willapoos that turned that tuned in. Thank you for watching. And remember, always keep your eyes towards the skies. Because <laughs> you never know what can pop up. Peace. Peace. Is it really that? Time again. It seems as if you only just arrived. Time to choose. That's why I'm here, Mr. Freeman. Otherwise, well, I can offer you a battle you have no chance of winning. Rather an anti-climax after what you've just survived. You've proved yourself. If you're interested, just step into the portal and I will take that as a yes. Time to choose. If you're interested, just step into the portal and I will take that as a yes. Just step into the portal and I will take that as a yes. Is it really time again? It's yourself only just arrived. You've proved yourself. Time.
to choose. If you're interested, just step into the portal and I will take that as a yes. Time to choose. If you're interested, just step into the portal and I will take that as a yes. Time to choose. If you're interested, just step into the portal and I will take that as a yes. Time to choose.